This program contains material or language which may be considered objectionable. Parental guidance is suggested. It's a uh, survey time again. Is everybody here to see the original? To see the black and white express? Okay, says one more for the good guy. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You are tuned in to SNS Unplugged, your source for pro wrestling discussion. Because our time is now. The champ is here. Wrestling news sponsored by wrestling-online.com. Yes! 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 movies and entertainment and the occasional conspiracy theory with your hosts all the way from new york city do you know who i am the bronx father tony j mirabella and residing in calgary alberta canada Mister! money on the mic say hello to the bad guy jeff Jackson. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Unscripted, uncensored, unbelievable. It's unplugged. Why, oh why didn't I take the blue pill? We are the best in the world at what we do. And it starts now. Get my fix, got some sniffles in the sack Run this town like a sprinter on a track Come on, lay back, to attack, in the lag We ain't cutting no slack, girl, what you know about that? I ain't trying to be a lover, but I gotta say That we can keep it undercover when you wanna play Blazed up, smoked out, out of my mind We just cruise around my town all the time When the sun goes down, the stars come out Like the ghost of yesterday
night. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages. I am Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Welcome to another edition of SNS Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. Gotta be honest, I'm feeling pretty chill tonight. Had a nice massage this afternoon for my birthday. Got loosened up. I'm very chill and relaxed tonight. And that's a good thing. But ladies and gentlemen, joining me on the broadcast, like he is each and every week, he is my co-host all the way from New York City. He is the Bronx father, Tony J. Mirabella. God damn, I'm lucky if I get a cake for my birthday. You get a fucking massage? Damn Skippy. <sighs> wow. Not I'm bad. jealous. I paid for it, my brother, but I got it. It's all, it's all good. You got happy ending? No, it wasn't that. It wasn't a rub and tug. Okay. Just a massage. <laughs> I don't think the wife would be happy if I did a rub and tug considering she's out of town. You know, and, and let's face it, I don't pay for sex. I never have, never will. A rub and tug. I've never heard that expression up until now. Really? No. Well, I've heard happy ending, but never rub and tug. Well, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's a phrase that, believe it or not, my father-in-law throws out a lot, too. Wow. Just saying. Take that any way you want. I'm just saying. Wow. JJ's clicking the edit button already. <laughs> nah, man. I, dude, I don't care. I'm, I'm having fun. I'm having a blast. I'm just I'm chill tonight. I know we got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about what happened last night on Monday Night Raw. We're going to talk about uh, two weeks worth of NXT tapings. Well, not tapings, but two weeks worth of NXT shows that uh, since we missed last week. And, of course, the one for this past week. Uh, with Anthony Farley here in a little bit. We're going to run down the news of the week sponsored by our good friends over at wrestling-online.com. And who knows what else, man? I'm going to open the phone lines later. It's just going to be a chill night. I don't have anything major planned for tonight. We're here. We're doing a show. We're having fun. Bro, I'm ready to enjoy like four days off not being sick. I know a lot of people say, well, you took Friday off last week. Yeah. But I spent it in bed and miserable. So I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. I'm in the same mood. I'm pretty chill. Now, you know, again, as I mentioned at the top, the wife is out of town. She'll be back tomorrow. Uh, believe it or not, my father-in-law is actually going to be in town tonight. He is going to be here the rest of the week. Now, normally you would think it's for Thanksgiving. But, you know, in Canada, they have Thanksgiving in October. It's like at the beginning of October is when Thanksgiving is. But not to be deterred. I will have my Thanksgiving, which is actually going to double as my birthday dinner on Thursday. As Harmony will be back tomorrow. So we're going to have the father-in-law in town for the rest of the week. Mother-in-law is coming over Thursday night for dinner. And we're not having the traditional turkey because we're not celebrating Thanksgiving. We're celebrating my birthday. So Harmony is going to make her specialty, which is pretzel chicken and her macaroni casserole and all the other goodies that she makes each and every year on American Thanksgiving, which also serves as my American birthday. Sounds good enough. I mean, me, I can have turkey every night of the freaking week. But, you know, that I, I know she always mentions that pretzel chicken. I, I've yet to try that. It sounds really, really good. It is amazing. I got to be honest. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the day started out good for me. I did get to sleep in. But uh, Lexi actually woke me up this morning, came and snuggled with her dad, and then decided that she wanted to make me breakfast in bed. So who am I to argue? She makes me a piece of toast. And she's explaining to me the process of how she makes the toast, <laughs> which is great. This is her special recipe. So she says, okay, I put the, the, the butter on the bread, and then I put it in the microwave, and, melts, and it melts the, the butter. 
and it's good. It's like her own little recipe. And so as I'm getting up, she goes to make herself a piece. I see her put, uh, you know, the butter on the bread. And then <laughs> she starts to put it in the toaster. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? I said, you can't do that. You can't put, you can't put butter on the bread and then put it in the toaster. I said, you're going to burn the house down. And, of course, she gets upset and, you know, because I said, don't ever do that again. You're going to burn the house down. So, you know, uh, just, just a nice little attempt from my six-year-old to, you know, have a, a good birthday. She's been giving me love all day. She's been at my side, my little buddy. So it's been, it's been a good day, man. I, I really have had fun with the kids today. That's awesome. Well, she got the ingredients right. She just didn't, she doesn't have the order down quite yet. So she's learning. She's learning. Yeah, she'll get there. You know, it's, it's the thought that counts. You know, she, she gave me like three or four hair ties. She's drawn me pictures. She's been giving me presents all day. You know, since nobody, nobody's here to actually like have any presents that were bought or anything else. So she's been, <laughs> she's been trying her best to make sure that I'm having a good birthday. Bless her heart. She's awesome. You know, and, and keep in mind, she's still sick. She's still been out of school this whole week. Right. So, yeah, but you know what? Those presents mean more. So they do. That's awesome. They do. They they mean a lot more. And, and like I said, it's it's been a good day. I can't complain. Uh, but with that being said, how's your week been? I mean, I, I did read a pretty loathsome post the other day about uh, about the subway. Hopefully things are better. Oh, no, that was that was this morning. I just, you know, ignore those. That's just me getting to work aggravated. This motherfucker stops the train halfway in the station, halfway out. New York's finest. Wow. I mean, you know, just ignore those. I'm, it's like I get to work and until I have my coffee, I'm a fucking monster. And plus, I still have one side of my face is in intense pain because my cold went to apparently a sinus infection. So I feel better now after, you know, doping up on DayQuil. But I'm still not 100 percent, man. This weather's kicking my ass. Oh, man, I hear you. Well, I'll tell you what, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into uh, a little business. Let's go ahead and catch up with Sean Beckerman for another edition of This Day in Wrestling History. On November 26, 1987, the World Wrestling Federation debuted the Survivor Series, one of the promotion's big four events, along with WrestleMania, the Royal Rumble, and SummerSlam. Of course, no 80s pay-per-view would be complete without its top draw, the immortal Hulk Hogan. In the main event, we saw Team Andre take on Team Hogan. Team Andre comprised of, of course, the giant, the one-man gang, King Kong Bundy, Butch Reed, and Slick, as they took on Team Hogan comprised of Paul Orndorff, Don Morocco, Ken Patera, and Bam Bam Bigelow. Surprisingly, in the end, Team Andre won, with Andre being the sole survivor. Also in 1987, NWA Starcade was held in Chicago, Illinois. This was the final Starcade to be promoted by Jim Crockett Promotions, though it would remain under the NWA banner for a further three years. This was a notable event in the WWF versus NWA war at the time. The WWF had begun holding events on pay-per-view and had been very successful doing so. In response, the NWA decided to promote this event 
as its first pay-per-view. However, the WWF threatened that any pay-per-view carrier who would broadcast Starcade instead of or even alongside the Survivor Series would not be allowed to broadcast WrestleMania 5. This led to the Survivor Series demolishing Starcade in the buy rates as very few carriers picked up the broadcast. In the main event, Ric Flair defeated Ronnie Garvin in a cage match to win the NWA World Championship. Starcade 87! If I think I'm the best, then I must be working for the best and making the most! We work for the number one operation. Jim Crockett, the Wrestling Network, Thanksgiving night, Starcade 87. There's nothing else going on. Starcade night. Garvin, you, my friend, have got to wrestle the man ah, with the golden spoon. All the ability, all the looks. Four times the world champion. Four times limousine, bright lights, big cities. Pretty ladies, five times the world champion. Don't you dare go away. Speaking of firsts, eight years later in 1995, we saw the debut of WCW World War III, which was held in Norfolk, Virginia. The highlight of the event and all future events of World War III was a three-ring, 60-man, over-the-top-rope battle royal. The first ever World War III battle royal was won by the Macho Man Randy Savage, as he last eliminated the one-man gang. In all actuality, Hulk Hogan was the actual last elimination, but he was taken out by the already eliminated giant while the referee's back was turned. As a result, Savage wins the vacant WCW World Championship. A very popular date in wrestling history. November 26th was filled with firsts in professional wrestling, but most notably, the first ever Survivor Series was born. As we look right over the shoulder of the brain, look at this double underhook. Oh, got him over. What a suplex move. That's it. Remember to catch your Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast, Beyond the Bell, each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. For this day in wrestling history, Sean Beckerman signing off. Until next week, stay old school, my friends. Now, the only thing I'll forgive Sean Beckerman for this week in wrestling history is that he didn't cover one of the biggest events to ever happen basically in the history of wrestling radio that 39 years ago born to very humble beginnings jeff jackson was born in the philippines yes and he went on to dominate internet radio 
for the last 10 years. Other than that, it was a great episode of this day in wrestling history. And you know what? November 26th does have a lot of interesting things that happened. You know, um, a lot of Survivor Series happened around that time. I think the last one that was on that date that I can remember was in 2006. So, yeah, a very popular date for the Survivor Series. Well, you know, I knew I knew about the history he was speaking about. I just didn't know that, that it was this time in wrestling history. Man, that power play by Vince McMahon. Holy shit, if you want our pay-per-view, then you can't have, you know, that was a nail in the coffin, man. That, that That's a big deal. That's a big, you know, you talk about changing the waters in wrestling history. Shit. No doubt about that. Yeah, and... Great job by Sean. I can't let him off the hook, though. The other day, Sean posted that on the um, WWE 50 Years of DVD, I can't remember the minute mark. It was somewhere around 31, 32 minutes, but I did find the screen cap and put it on Facebook. A, I would say, five- to six-year-old Sean Beckerman with a Hulk Hogan headband and shirt flexing for the camera. Awesome. That's a pretty good find for him. I mean, that was pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, obviously they they zoomed in on him because of the you know the gear he was wearing and everything. But that's that's awesome, man. It's 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 weird to think, and you know what? Twenty something years later, there you have it. You know, host of his own podcast and giving us this day in wrestling history. I, that was pretty neat. If I was Sean, I get in contact with WWE about some royalties. No, they'll get in contact with him and saying they now own his image because he was on the fucking DVD. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. But as always, Sean, good job. And uh, we'll see you again next week for another episode of This Week in Wrestling History. <clears throat> that said, we've got to transition a little bit and talk about something that happened last night. I'm talking about, of course, the Raw reaction. All right, guys, Raw Live last night from Long Island, not too far from the Bronx Father. And before you ask, no, I did not attend. Thank God. We start off with Randy Orton, and he says he's owed an apology from everyone who thought he wouldn't still be champion. The authority says they will join him tonight, and they do. Stephanie and Triple H come out. Triple H congratulates Randy Orton, and he knew that Orton had the potential to be one of the greatest superstars in the WWE. Last week, we gave you what you needed, adversity. Orton says Stephanie and Triple H made this all about themselves. Orton didn't need their help. Triple H says, hey, there was no physical interference last night. We just came down because it looked like there was about to be a new WWE champion. Randy says, I can take care of myself. I took everything the Big Show could dish out, unlike somebody else. And he slayed the Giant. Orton says he's the greatest star ever. Now John Cena comes out. Stephanie says she doesn't like their time being wasted, but Cena says he wants them to listen to the fans. The fans are sick of the administrative bullshit. Cena says, I have one question. Who is champion? Right now, there are two champions. There should only be one. Cena says, 
there should be a champion versus champion match and it's 11 years in the making and he challenges Randy Orton. Stephanie says, you know, the administration's been thinking about this for a while and that pisses Randy Orton off. Triple H tells Randy to grow up and in three weeks at TLC, they will hang both titles above the ring and Orton will fight Cena in a TLC match for both titles. Rey Mysterio, Cody Rhodes, and Goldust versus The Shield. The Shield takes control early. Goldust launches Rollins to the outside, but The Shield won't allow Goldust to make a tag. Rey Mysterio is tagged in. He goes for the 619 but collides with Rollins. Now Cody Rhodes in. Missile dropkick. Cody gets a two count. Rey goes for the 619 again, but gets speared into somewhere around the third row. So does Goldust, and Dean Ambrose pins Cody Rhodes, and The Shield gets the win. Fans will be able to vote on the stipulation for the Ziggler-Sandow match. Will it be a street fight, lumberjack, or hardcore match? And of course, you can vote on the WWE app. Miz TV with special guest Michael Strahan, but out comes Titus O'Neil dressed as Strahan. Miz asks, what's up with the gap in your teeth? Did you hock, why don't you hock your Super Bowl ring and get your teeth fixed? That gap is wider than the one between the Giants and the playoffs, which I got a chuckle out of. Titus says that Titus is the greatest young guy. The real Michael Strahan now comes out. He thanks both Miz and Titus O'Neil, but their jokes were weak. Really? But Michael Strahan likes Titus O'Neil, but your gap game is weak. We're going to have some fun tonight. Tonight, we're going to have a tag team main event. Randy Orton, Alberto Del Rio versus The Big Show and John Cena. Miz says, all right, that's good, but can you hack it against someone like me? Miz says, this isn't football. A simple move can take Michael Strahan out. Miz says, can you handle a hip toss? Now, he goes for it and Michael Strahan blocks it. Miz says, that was pretty damn stiff. Strahan blocks another attempt at a hip toss. Miz talks a lot more shit on the Giants, and then Michael Strahan hip-tosses Miz, but it's all good because he suplexes the Miz, but then all three shake hands and dance in the ring. Okay. Curtis Axel and Ryback versus the newly formed team of Biggie Langston and Mark Henry. Biggie Langston and Mark Henry go over quickly and decisively. Now we have another Divas elimination match. Oksana's first to be eliminated. Rosa Mendez eliminated next. Naomi's gone. Cameron is eliminated. JoJo eliminates Tamina. JoJo gets eliminated by Alicia Fox. Eva Marie eliminates Alicia Fox. Caitlyn taps out. AJ eliminates Natty. Brie eliminates AJ. Summer Rae is the last to be eliminated, and Eva Marie and the Bellas win. Joy. Jerry the King Lawler introduces Damian Sandow. Sandow says he's above all of this. I shouldn't be forced to compete in a circus event at the whim of the hapless half-wits. This is going to be, as voted on by the fans, a Hamptons hardcore match. Golf clubs and shit are in the ring. Sandow takes control on the outside. Dolph Ziggler gets hit with the microphone. By the way, the commentary during this match is fucking abysmal. 
Dolph Ziggler covers Sandow with a trash can and drop kicks it while the trash can's over his head. The guys both attack each other with various food items. A fire extinguisher is used. Damian Sandow kicks out of a Famouser. Dolph Ziggler gets thrown into the steps and Damian Sandow gets the win. Now in the back, Rowan gives Strahan one of the sheep masks. Santino tells Strahan to put the mask on a turkey, cook it for six hours, and then throw it out because it'll be ruined. Guys, your guess is as good as fucking mine. CM Punk and Daniel Bryan come out, and CM Punk asks several questions, and Bryan responds yes to all of them. Are we in Long Island? Are we ready for a fight? Daniel Bryan screams yes. Punk says he and Bryan beat the odds. The handicap matches are just a way for the authority to fix a problem. He says, real creative, Triple H. Punk says, we're the beard and the best. You could put us up against the Bushwhackers, the Rock and Roll Express, anyone. No matter how many obstacles you put in front of us, we'll burn them to the ground. Daniel Bryan says, we know Bray Wyatt isn't finished with us. And he won't stop until he finishes us. But we won't let that stop us. And what time is it, says CM Punk? Well, it's clobbering time. And indeed it is, as the Wyatts come out in a handicapped tag team match against CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. CM Punk gets isolated early. He signals for the go to sleep, but gets thrown out of the ring. He eats the gator roll, and Punk continues to get punished by the Wyatts. The Wyatts are tagging in and out really quick, isolating Punk, but finally Daniel Bryan gets the tag. And of course, he's a house of fire. Hits the yes lock on Rowan. Harper breaks it up. Then CM Punk saves Bryan from a two count. Everyone's in the ring now. It's a melee, and the referee calls the match because he's lost control. However, the Wyatts take the advantage and beat down Punk and kidnap Daniel Bryan and carry him up the ramp. So Daniel Bryan is captive by the Wyatts, apparently. And then the Shield hits the ring and beats the shit out of CM Punk. And CM Punk gets the triple powerbomb. I don't know where they're going with this, but it is interesting. The Miz versus Kofi Kingston. The Trouble in Paradise is blocked by The Miz. SOS for a two count. Miz reverses a pin and gets a three count on Kofi Kingston. So the Miz, your winner. Jerry the King Lawler interviews Charlie Tabelli, who was the winner of the Superstars for Sandy Fund. He asked the fan, what would you call yourself? And the fan says, well, I'd be the kosher, but the kosher butcher. And my finishing maneuver would be the circumcision. This has gotten over on social media today. Our truth comes out and he riles up the crowd and says that he and Brodus Clay got together and came up with a little something to help a brother out. Xavier Woods comes out with the Funkadactyls and I must say, Xavier does 10 times the fucking job that Brodus does with that entrance. It fit him so well. And it's Xavier versus Heath Slater. Xavier Woods gets the win, celebrates with the crowd. Now backstage yet again, the Bellas want an autograph from Michael Strahan. He signs it. The Funkadactyls want a football signed, and he obliges. 
Now, Eva Marie asks, have you seen Total Divas? Well, you should have. And then as Strahan turns around, Goldust is in his face and messes around with him. So that's the last segment with Strahan, who I thought actually did a decent job. Stone Cold Steve Austin was voted by the fans as The Rock's greatest WrestleMania opponent for the WWE 2K14 video game. I would tend to agree with that. Now we have our main event, John Cena and The Big Show versus Alberto Del Rio and Randy Orton. Now Randy Orton's chest is pretty bruised up. John Cena takes on Del Rio for a bit, The Big Show is tagged in, and he slaps Randy Orton's chest in the corner again two times. A double team on John Cena for a two count. Orton beats up on John Cena for a while, but then ADR gets tagged in and he gets dumped hard to the outside by John Cena. Now the Big Show gets tagged in. He attacks Alberto Del Rio, but Alberto Del Rio kicks him in the head. Big Show doesn't know where he's at. He's he's selling the punt kick from last night. If you guys didn't see Survivor Series, Big Show was punt kicked in the head by Randy Orton after the match. The referee is checking on Big Show, but Del Rio continues the attack and kicks Big Show in the head again. The Big Show tries to go for a tag, but he tries to tag Randy Orton. Show really doesn't know where he is. Now the doctor jumps into the ring and suspends the match to check on the Big Show. The Big Show tells the doctor he can continue, so naturally Orton attacks him again. Randy Orton goes for the punt kick but gets speared by the Big Show and Show manages to tag in John Cena. John Cena tries to do You Can't See Me but gets kicked by Alberto Del Rio, which I loved. John Cena rolls through the cross arm breaker and hits the STF. Great reversal by Cena. And our baby faces John Cena and Big Show get the win. John Cena fights off Alberto Del Rio who tries to attack him but Randy Orton hits John Cena with the title belt, goes outside, grabs the other title belt, and holds up both the world and WWE titles to signify what we're going to see at TLC. And that, guys, was Monday Night Raw. Now react to that. Well, now my first reaction to the Raw reaction, Bronx, is that when you mentioned the CM Punk promo, you absolutely forgot that he broke down the fourth wall and said hello to Colt Cabana and his alter ego, Matt Classic. Yeah, people in chat are giving me shit for that. Sorry, guys. What am I going to do with you, Bronx? What am I going to do with you? That was important. I don't know. That was coverage, my friend. You got to cover that shit. I'm sorry. Let me see. (laughs) Where do I begin where, 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 where does my reaction begin from this show? I literally almost fell asleep from watching last night's show. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I, I sat here downstairs. I had been playing WWE 2K14 like five minutes into the show, realized it was time for Raw to come on, turned it off, switched over to Raw, and I honestly tried to fall asleep during the show. I was so bored with it. There was only a couple things that I really thought were good last night. I just I felt like it was a blah show. Um, I, I got to be real honest. I didn't enjoy the Divas 7-on-7 match at Survivor Series, and I sure as hell didn't enjoy the, uh, 
the rematch on Raw. I thought it was wasted time. I don't know what the, the point of that was. Look, we all shit on on Sunday. What, we're supposed to be okay with it last night, too? I hated it. It was horrible. It was equally as bad as it was on Sunday. Maybe worse. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, I don't know, man. It just, you know, the main thing that I took out of last night is, and I mentioned on the reaction, I apologize, guys. I may not have been 100% accurate because I'm not really sure what they're doing. You know, Triple H mentions, oh, we're going to have both belts above the ring. Well, how does that work? If you get one belt, is it yours? And then the other one is just there? Or do you have to get both? They really didn't elaborate on that. See, that's, that's, what, that's what bothers me the most about this whole thing. You know, you got Stephanie Triple H talking about, oh, well, we've been talking about this for a while, if it was going to happen. And then Triple H is making remarks like, it's 11 years in the making. Well, 11 years ago, they unified the belts. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then they, they decided since Brock Lesnar signed an exclusive contract and was the undisputed champion at the time with SmackDown, that Raw needed a belt too, and that's why they brought back the World Heavyweight Championship. So I'm a little confused as to where they're going here, but I'm, I'm going to be real honest with everybody. And, and I was talking to uh, Mark the Shark DiCarlo this morning. He called me and wished me a happy birthday. And we had a, a nice discussion about things, uh, about the pay-per-view and about Raw. And I told him, I said, you know, if I were booking this, and you know, more often than not, my booking is usually better than theirs. And so we, we talked a little bit about what I would do if I was in a position of control to unify those belts. And I wouldn't be doing it at, at, at TLC. I would wait till the Royal Rumble for two reasons. One, if you unify those belts, champion versus champion at the Royal Rumble, what usually ends the night at the Royal Rumble? Well, obviously the winner of the Royal Rumble who has a championship shot at WrestleMania. Exactly. So you go into this and you make the Royal Rumble a lot more spectacular by having these two guys go in there and one of them's coming out with the championship. They're, they're going to be, there's only going to be one champion after that. So that makes, that match happens right before the Rumble match. So that makes it that much more important for whoever wins the Rumble. There's not two titles now. There's just going to be the one. And that leads into WrestleMania 30. That's what I would do. But no, we're going to waste it on a TLC match. We're going to have both belts hanging above the ring. And, you know, you're right to question the finish here because what happens if John Cena grabs the WWE Championship? They're both on top of the ladder. Randy Orton grabs the World Heavyweight Championship. And they both fall at the same time with, with belts. But Orton now has the World Championship. And now Cena has the WWE Championship. How do you explain that? Do we change the titles? It doesn't really make sense unless you say it's a unification. There's some there, there's a little bit of some gray area as to what they could do here. I almost feel like it's going to be a throwaway match next month, and they will do what I just said they're going to do at the Rumble. And there's going to be some confusion, and they'll hold the title up in abeyance again. I don't know. I just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me what they're doing. Just unify the goddamn belts. There's no need to have two champions. Do you know why people don't get behind Del Rio or they give a shit? Because he's the secondary world champion. Now that John Cena is the world heavyweight champion, that belt fucking means something again. You unify those belts, you got one champion, you got double the contenders, and you make it fucking mean something. Ike and fucking Mike, they think alike. See, that's what crossed my mind last night. 
that they just want to do this to switch the titles because they want Cena to have the WWE title so it still remains the most relevant. Imagine that where the titles just switch and they do it. So again, because what's starting to happen now, I think, in the minds of a lot of people is the world title has more prestige now just because it's on Cena. And they're saying, oh, we spent money on a new belt. Well, we don't want that. And that's exactly what they're going to do. If they do that, it'll be shit. But I swear to God, bro, I thought that last night as well. You know, it's funny because back when I was with Stampede Wrestling a few years ago, um, they had a ladder match with the tag team titles with these two teams. And I kind of pitched the idea of why not do something different and have one guy from each team grab the belt and they both fall down with the, the belts. And so, effectively, the tag team champions are one guy from this team and one guy from the other team. And I thought, man, that's kind of cool. That that would kind of work for a short-term program. With this, I don't, I don't think that's a great idea at all. Well, if you're going to unify them, then it should either be, well, you, God, you can't do a new belt again so soon. You know, I would say I have one belt in a briefcase. That's it. Or, as corny as this might sound, and don't laugh, Somehow you attach the two belts together where you can't help but pull them both down at once. You attach them to each other somehow, so you have to get both, and that's how you unify it. Other than that, it doesn't make sense to me to have two completely separate belts hanging there because there's always the risk. What if a guy just gets one and falls off the ladder? There's still one hanging up there. What do you do with it? Yeah, I mean, look, again, I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they'll change their mind before the match. But I think you have to unify them, you know. I, I just I don't see any way around it. I, I don't want to see a situation where they have a, a, you know, John Cena grabbing the WWE championship and all of a sudden he's the WWE champion and Randy Orton is back to being the world heavyweight champion. I don't want to see that happen. I really think they need to unify these belts. You need to make sure that when whoever wins the Rumble goes in and has a clear opponent you know, there's not this disputed championship shit going on. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. And, and here's the thing, too. If you do this at the Rumble, whatever guy loses the championship from the unification can end up getting a spot in the Rumble. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, it works. It works in so many different ways. But, I mean, look, I don't know. I'm not a fan of what they're doing. I hope that they do because they were very vague. They were very vague on what they're doing. It's just champion versus champion. So hopefully we get some more clarity over the next few weeks. You know, I don't know why the WWE tends to go in either of two directions. They either rush shit ridiculously or they fucking drag shit out. This is something that needs a little buildup. It'll be the first time in, in, what, 11 years the titles have been unified it should. This is something that should drag on a little bit, not just in three weeks. Oh, well, we're going to unify the titles. Last night I was like, what? I know. I, you know, I, I think I argued with somebody a while ago when this whole Daniel Bryan push came about, and I think it was Nate. He said something about, no, John Cena is going to come back early, and he'll be the focal point. And I said, no, they're going to push Bryan. And I, I happily admit that I was fucking wrong. Absolutely I was wrong because that's exactly what they've done. They put John Cena right back in the mix where he is the fucking guy again. I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm confused. I'm really confused. 
They have no patience. They don't have the time. They don't want to spend the time to elevate the next guy. I mean, look, you had a great summer. You had Daniel Bryan. You had Dolph Ziggler. You had some of these young guys who, who you thought were going to come in. And what are they back to? The same well we were in about two years ago, Brandy Orton and John Cena. It's like they, they take, you know, three, not even two, three, four steps forward. And then, oh, one pay-per-view did, you know, 50 less buys than last month. So that has to be Daniel Bryan's fault. So, well, let's go back to what brung us 10 years ago, fucking, you know, Cena and, and Orton again. And I like Randy Orton, but he's getting up to that Cena level now, too, where I'm like, okay, enough of him. Well, make no mistake about it. If there is a unification, the only guy that's coming out of this is is Cena. Oh, yeah. And then they'll be able to add one more. This will be considered a separate title reign. He's got, what, 14 now? He's only got two to go to tie Ric Flair. Oh, he'll beat Ric Flair's record. Oh, yeah. Make no mistake about it. He's going to beat Ric Flair's record. That record is going to be beaten by John Cena. No doubt about it. Yeah, but you know what was funny? Did you catch JBL last night? Where he kind of started Unfortunately. to say, well, he, what's that? Unfortunately. Every, every time he talked, I heard him. Unfortunately. No, as a matter of fact, I th- my bad. Was it, was it JBL or Cole? I can't remember who. Where they mentioned that. And then they, one of them said, well, Ric Flair, yeah, but he, he had it over a much longer period of time. Cena's only been here 10 years. And then click, he stopped. In other words, to say, uh-oh, let me stop. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I think that's their plan in the long run. He'll John Cena will get 17, and then TNA will try to outdo them, and what they'll do is they'll have one of those matches where the title changes 17 times in one match. So Kurt Angle will be like the 34-time champion. Well, yeah, Angle's getting pretty close to beating that record too, I think. Yeah, he is, he is, but, you know, I someone's going to beat it for sure. I, I just... I don't know. I almost say the way Ric Flair's gotten now, maybe someone does deserve that at some point. But Cena, I don't know. Well, I tell you what, man. I one thing I did kind of get a kick out of last night watching Raw was uh, seeing Big E Langston and Mark Henry teaming up against Ryback and Axel. I I I know that I'd heard that somewhere before, and I can't think off the top of my oh, that was from my own fucking mind. What was it about three weeks ago? Maybe a month ago, maybe two months ago, I said that they should put Biggie Langston and Mark Henry together in a mentor, you know, kind of like a mentor uh, relationship, and we kind of saw that happen last night. <coughs> yeah, but they don't listen. Yeah, they don't listen. You know, I, I think right now what you should do is literally have Mark Henry take Biggie Langston under his wing, teach him the ropes, show him some things. And then by Mania, there's your there's your match. Mark Henry turns on Biggie Langston, and Biggie overcomes the odds and beats Mark Henry. I was it's weird. I was talking to my uncle about that today because he had watched Raw last night and he agreed. He said the same thing. He goes, "Can you imagine that match at Mania? Those two because together. I mean, let's face it, man. <laughs> I like the Rhodes family and and all the other guys, but together, who's really going to take these motherfuckers?" I think the name of the tag team should be Bad Milk. Bad Milk. Because <laughs> Mark Henry's bad. And, well, you know, Biggie Langston, he's got milk. So there you go. 
Well, Big E might be retiring from wrestling soon because I heard it here in the U.S. If we don't reach a deal with the farmers soon, milk's going to be seven bucks a gallon. Well, goddamn, he'll be making millions of dollars, millions of dollars. Yeah, Strahan. You know what I gotta say? He sucks. I know a lot of people have shit on it. He sucked, Bronx. Don't even on this program. Don't even on this program say he was good last night. He fucking shit the bed from the moment he walked out there. And what the fuck was with the whole Miz segment? Like, seriously, Miz is supposed to be a heel. He just turned, right? And now all of a sudden we got Titus O'Neil and fucking Miz, and they're doing their impersonations of Michael Strahan. I I thought it was fucking horseshit. Look, I'm all for every once in a while bringing a goddamn uh, fucking guest celebrity general manager or whatever. But I thought Strahan really shit the bed last night. I didn't think he was funny. I didn't find him entertaining. Uh, I, I thought he was trying to be something that he wasn't, especially in that first segment. He was trying too hard to be something that he was not. You're just jealous because you don't have the gap down. <laughs> no, I have all my teeth. In the he front, does, anyway. too. He's just got a fucking space in between the front, two that you could park a Buick in. But, I mean, I, I don't know. It did it didn't kill me that much. I mean, I I don't know. I just don't know, man. I don't know what last night was about. It was just so weird. And then the fucking shit. The, the one thing I did like, because it, it, it has me wanting to tune in next week and the week after to see what they're going to do, is fucking Daniel Bryan getting jacked by the Wyatts and kidnapped, and then the Shield coming out and beating the shit out of CM Punk. Now, I'm thinking that's because Punk talks shit on the authority. I think it's because he, he said they, was the, they were the greatest of all teams, I think. I think that's a lot to do with it. It might have something to do with the authority, but I look at it like this. I'm, I'm interested to find out what they're going to do with Brian. A lot of people are like, oh, they're going to make him a member of the Wyatt family. No, nah, I don't think so. But they are selling the fact that Brie Bella was, ex- was extremely worried about him and couldn't find him. So, I don't know. He has been, for you know, lack of a better term, kayfabe abducted at this point. Well, it's Thanksgiving, you know, the, maybe the, you know, what's he going to do for Thanksgiving? Who knows where the Wyatts have him? No, you know, maybe they're going to cook him. Maybe, maybe not only are they fucking cultists, maybe they're cannibals too. Maybe Brian's the turkey for Thanksgiving for them. Yeah, and God knows what he'll be stuffed with, but we don't even want to get into that. No, I mean, I'm, Jesus Christ. I mean, I can't think of a, a worse way to go. I mean, talk about being in your hot water. I mean, he's going to be the turkey. That's cruel. I mean, I just, that's terrible. I mean, you know, it, the life of a turkey is horrible. First you get killed, then they rip your internal organs out and then shove them back up your ass and freeze you. <laughs> That's a fucked up way to go. It's not funny. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to laugh, but the way you said it really puts it into perspective. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, damn. I mean, you're sitting there eating the turkey and you think of what he went through and you just you feel guilty. But you eat it anyway. Tennessee Cowgirl says, but Brian is a vegan. He's not eating the turkey, honey. He is the turkey. He is the turkey. Now, he might get stuffed with vegetables, but he's still the turkey. (laughs) Wow. Oh, man. Uh, Look, you talked about this in the Raw Reaction recap there. Uh, You know, R-Truth and Brodus Clay allowing Xavier Woods to come out to uh, Brodus' music and... The funny thing is, yes, obviously, Xavier Woods fits the look. He fits the gimmick. The funny thing is, a year ago, when I had WWE 13 and I was making all my characters, uh, I made Afro Thunder, who is a boxer from 
uh, the Ready to Rumble boxing games, and he was a hidden character or an unlockable character in the TNA Impact game back in 2007 or whenever that game came out. 2009, I don't know. Whenever the fuck that shitty game came out. <clears throat> and I literally gave him Brodus Clay's entrance, and I gave him the uh, the theme music, you know, complete with uh, with Cameron and Naomi coming down to ringside with him, and it worked. And I knew then it would work for a guy. I said Percy Watson could have been given that gimmick, and it would have fucking worked. Now, oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Now WWE's got to figure out what they're going to do because I think it worked a hell of a lot better with Xavier Woods than it does with Brodus and Tensai. So you have the opportunity now to kind of hit the reset button and give it to a guy who can carry that gimmick and go with it. And Xavier Woods is that guy. And I like Xavier. I don't know. The, the Long Island crowd was kind of shitty last night, too. I mean, they really – I mean, come on, guys. You're not that far from the Garden. You know, let, let WWE even bring a shitty show to the Garden. I guarantee you that crowd is hyped. I've been to three Garden shows in my life. And it's deafening. The Long Island crowd sucked compared to the Garden. I'm sorry, man. You guys ain't got shit on us. Yeah. And, you know, the constant Hampton jokes by JBL. Oh, my God. You know, I know people who know how to where to buy fucking crack in Hamptons, okay? So it's not the big country club you think it is. Good point. Let me see. Was there anything else to hit on before we get out of this? Uh, I think we pretty much covered everything. Um, I just I felt like last night was kind of a rehash and a fallout. A couple things happened we liked, a couple things didn't. Uh, to me, it was, a, it was a very forgettable show. I wasn't impressed. I mean, aside from the main event, which, again, was just kind of a rehash of the pay-per-view, we, we got to see Randy Orton get the upper hand, which pretty much tells you that he's not getting the upper hand in this unification or this championship versus championship match. Um, you know, and I had heard all reports saying that Orton would be in the title picture till January anyway. So that leads me to believe that they probably will not have a definitive finish at TLC, which will be, if they do that, that will be, what, the third or fourth pay-per-view this year where they've had a shit finish with no definitive winner. Yeah, you're talking three. You're talking three. The first one where it was uh, Brian and, and uh, what was it, Brian and Orton with the referee. Then you had the second one where the big show interfered, and now you're going to give us a third one? I, I don't... Th- you're going to laugh your ass off when I say this. I'm going to make your night. I don't think the WWE would be that stupid, but we'll have to see. If you look at the refunds that were demanded and people shitting all over the pay-per-view, they wouldn't be that dumb. I, I, but see, I pray not. Here's the thing. Even if there is a, a obviously no definitive finish, and even, even if they do have a finish where John Cena wins the, both belts, then you know Randy Orton is going to get his rematch clause at the Rumble. So we're going to see this match for the next two months. I mean, <sighs> think about that for a second. It doesn't matter who wins. You're going to see John Cena and Randy Orton at least the next two months for the titles. Because who's going to be the number one contender after he beats him? The guy that was formerly the champion. Right. Because he's going to want a rematch. Because he lost his belt. So the next two pay-per-views, we have that, we have that scenario. Wow. Yep. We've gone nowhere. We're back to Orton and Cena. Uh, And I'm not shitting on either guy. I like both guys. But, I mean, we've seen it so much. I mean, come on. Yep. Just like Metallica used to sing. It's sad but true. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and uh, break it down. Give me your letter grade for last night's Raw. 
Oh man, I'm torn between two of them, a C minus and a D plus. I'll I'll go with the lower grade. I'll give it a D plus. There wasn't really much last night that piqued my interest. Um, you know, I, I liked Xavier coming out to the Brodus stuff. Strahan didn't bother me as much as he did you, but I, I get where you're coming from. It was just to fill dead air. So I'll I'll give it yeah D plus. I I can't do any better than that. Well, see, here's my thing with Strahan. I've watched Kelly and Michael, you know, uh, every once in a while. And I think he does fine for that show, and he does have personality, and, and he is a, a, a decent host. But he was way out of his fucking league. Like, if the Michael Strahan that's on Regis, excuse me, on Kelly and Michael showed up last night to fucking do that, then it might have worked. But we got the Michael Strahan that wanted to be a, a, a professional wrestler or wanted to be a, a wrestling personality, and it didn't come across well. So I'm, I, I just thought it, it came across lackluster. It came across like he wanted to do it, but he really just – he was out of his fucking league. Not everybody can go out there and do it because if everybody could, then we'd all be in the wrestling business. Yeah, right. No, no doubt. No doubt. So I'm going to give it just a C. Not a C- minus or a C+. Plus. Just a flat fucking C. You know, and, and if I'd have fallen asleep, it'd be a fucking F. Because there were times that I thought my eyelids were going to fucking collapse and I was going to pass out. And I couldn't believe I turned off my game to watch that show last night. So I'm giving it a C. And there are times where, you know, when it's good, you praise the three-hour format. But when it's bad, you, you have to... I don't know. I'm still on the fence about that. If three hours is too much or it not. Is. I, it is. It is. It is too much because let me tell you something. We got Raw, which is three hours every week. Then we got SmackDown, which is two hours. SmackDown is a better show because it's segmented out in two hours. You don't get two hours of all wrestling, no. Obviously, you have commercial breaks. You have segments they put in there. Three hours to me is way too much. And with no brand split, you're oversaturating your market with five hours just from the main shows not to mention the hour you have with the main event uh, and all these other, you know, like, yeah, main event. So that's six hours of wrestling that you have each week just from the WWE alone, not including NXT, which is a separate product anyway. But that's six hours of your main WWE programming that you're getting in a week. Yeah, it's kind of burnout. And I think three hours is a bit much. I hated when Nitro went three hours because I knew then it was too much. So I'm not. I'm still not happy about the three hours. Yeah, and it it dil, dil, dilutes your pay per views as well because a pay per view was usually less than three hours anyhow. Well, so is Raw with the commercial breaks. Let's face it, it's like two hours and twenty minutes, but it it feels like three hours. So, yeah, I'd have no problem with them going back to two hours, but it looks like that ain't going to happen. Sadly, it's uh, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens for TLC, man. No doubt. No doubt. I, you know, and that's three weeks away. It's like we're not even getting a full month, you know, or longer between pay-per-views. Uh, this, this last little stretch of pay-per-views for the WWE, to me, has just been way too fucking much. Yeah. Way too much. Yeah, no, I'm with you. All right, well, I tell you what, let's go ahead and take our first commercial break of the night. We come back, we're going to be joined by Anthony Farley to talk about... NXT. We got two weeks of NXT to run down and find out what's been going on with the product. With that being said, you're listening to SNS Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. We'll be right back right after this. Come get on the train. <laughs> Good 
Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brian Williams, senior game designer at 2K Sports, and you're listening to SNS Radio Network with my man, Jeff Jackson. Hey guys, JJ Sexay here. Are you looking for the latest news in both professional wrestling and mixed martial arts? Well, check out www.wrestling-online.com. Sign up for one of the longest-running newsletters in professional wrestling over 16 years. And just like Wrestling News Live, it's absolutely free. Join over 27,000 other subscribers, wrestling-online.com. You will learn to pronounce my name properly. Wrestling dash online dot com. All right, the time is now. Hey there, old school wrestling fans. This is your personal ring announcer, Sean Beckerman here, reminding you to download the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia podcast known as Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. From WCW, ECW, WCCW. The cream of the crop. Back to the NWA, AWA, World Wrestling Federation, to now WWE, we cover it all. Famous Feuds, our 101 series, The Horseman Files, Old School Music, Greatest Managers, Tag Teams, Promos, you name it, Beyond the Bell covers it. Get stealing! Woo! Wheeling, dealing! Limousine, right! Jet flying! Son of a gun! So tune in each and every week on the SNS Radio Network and go old school with Beyond the Bell. What you gonna do when the largest arms in the world in Hulkamania destroys you. Hey guys, this is Ashley. And this is Sandro. And we're here to make sure that you check out the whole indie show each week on the SNS Radio Network. As both of us, along with our other co-host Randy, cover everything that you need to know on all things indie wrestling. It's your place for all the most recent indie news and event results, reviews of the latest shows from all the major promotions, and previews for all the upcoming events. We also want your feedback on any indie stuff you may have seen as well. Plus, you know, you never know, you might even get a few paperclip references now and then. So for all that and much more, listen to The Whole Indie Show every week here on the SNS Radio Network. Every week on the SNS Radio Network, enter a dimension of sight and of sound, of pro wrestling, of impact and smackdown. Every Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Mountain, get in the zone right here on the SNS Radio Network with the Bronx Father, covering all things impact, all things smackdown. Tune in. But be warned, 
Once you get in the zone, you can never get out. <laughs> Now back to the show with the Bronx Father and Mr. Money on the Mic. All right, we're back right here. SNS Unplugged on the SNS Radio Network, of course. I am Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, and joining me all the way from New York City, he is the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella. And yes, we did build this city on rock and roll. We at least built this city on, you know, radio, wrestling radio. Right. So we're halfway accurate, right? Close enough. Pretty much. You know, it's funny. The whole time the reaction was on and, and, you know, we're doing the uh, This Day in Wrestling History with Sean Beckerman. I literally still have my Xbox on. I've literally in between commercial breaks and, and stuff. I've been playing matches. Right. I'm addicted to this fucking game. I ain't even going to lie. I am addicted to this fucking game. I've been having a blast with it. Wow. Yeah, I know you were having fun with it, but how can you get a match in during the break? It's possible. You just have to know how to play, brother. Which is funny because I, I really think that my universe mode is more entertaining than watching Raw. Well, shit. Last night there were a lot more things and more entertaining than watching Raw, including painting your wall and sitting in front of it. That is a good point, my friend. That is a good point, which here's the irony. I, I told you some of my roster, right? I've got, you know, King from the Tekken series. If you don't know who King is, he is the character that is a professional wrestler in the Tekken fighting game who wears the Jaguar mask. And so he's one of my favorites. Obviously, Zangief's one of my favorites. And I think I mentioned this before. I added Bane to the mix, too. And not, uh, not Tom Hardy Bane from The Dark Knight. This is more the comic book version of Bane. But I still think when he talks, he still sounds like Bane, right? So while the reaction was going on, I was in the middle of a match. I had an epic. This was like a 20-minute match. So, I mean, this was going on before the show started, and then I finished it up when we were doing the Raw reaction. But I had this great match between King and Bane. And it was ironic, and I'll do this in Bane's voice. Yes, it's me, Bane! I find it ironic that I beat a man with a tag of suplex wearing a jaguar mask. And then I broke his back for the one, two, three. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> and that's the other comparison. <laughs> but with that said, we do have a segment to get to. And uh, joining us on the program as we speak, ladies and gentlemen, he is the new host of our little NXT Rewind. He is Anthony Farley. What's going on, man? Uh, everything's fine, JJ. Uh, good to have you aboard. How's things going this week? Everything's okay. I mean, we had that little issue earlier before the show, but I think we'll talk about that when the show goes off. We don't talk about shit that doesn't happen on the show, man. That shit stays <laughs> where it stays. It's like it's like this shit happens in Vegas. We don't talk about it. It stays in Vegas. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't make us have to break your legs now. Just like just like we talked at the beginning like, of the program. Shoots me in the kneecaps. No, no, you're, you're immune to that. Now that you're on the show, I, I won't shoot you in the kneecaps. You, you have my word. 
It's like I was telling Bronx, what happens at the rub and tug stays at the rub and tug, although nothing happened at the rub and tug. There was no rubbing and no tugging, so. You're such a fucking liar. You know if there were 100 zombies chasing you, you'd shoot that motherfucker and me in the kneecaps. Bronx? Shh. I don't want him to know that. <laughs> All right, man. Are you, are you, All right, no, I'm the oldest in the group, so don't worry. I hear you. I hear you. So are you ready <laughs> so to uh, – go ahead. How do you want to do this? You want to just do the first show, then talk about it for a bit, or you want to go back-to-back? I say we go ahead and, and uh, just go back to back. We'll start off with the first one, and then you know we'll chime in and comment, and then just jump right into the second one. So, with that being said, folks, it is now time for the NXT Rewind with your host, Anthony Farley. All right, from the show that happened two weeks ago, they did something that most wrestling shows don't do that much. They actually opened with a match at Summer Rae and Sasha Banks, apparently known as the BFS, which is for fierce, beautiful females, went against Charlotte and Bailey. The match went back and forth for a while until Charlotte would betray her partner by slapping her in the face and then hitting her with her front flip cutter, which allowed um, Banks to get the pin. Afterwards, and the BFFs would leave the ring to the back. Now with three members, now it looks like Charlotte's gonna go heel. Let's see if she can go at least half as good as her as her father. Next up was the artiste Aiden Aiden English singing to the ring, um, going against Camacho. Which I found funny was right after right after he sung, you saw some fans doing a little sophisticated clapping. Um. English got the win by using his director's cut finisher. And after giving another performance, he was we actually had the fans throwing roses, which actually I'm pretty sure it was plants, of course. But what really got my attention was that Regal admitted apparently having a man crush on English. Yeah, picture that in your mind. Ugh. We go briefly backstage with Alexander Rusov, who's now with um, the at that time, unnamed woman, but it was announced a week later that her name was Lana and she's the social ambassador for Rusev. I don't know what they're saying because it's completely in Russian, but from what I can tell, it's saying that they're going to take over NXT. We didn't have Mason Ryan going against Danny Birch. Surprisingly, Birch had a good amount of offense until Ryan um, got uh, overpowered him and won with a Cobra Clutch Slam. It was announced prior to the match that NXT champion Bo Dallas was returning from his worldwide tour. I'll get into that um, when we get to that show. Um, the main event was Adrian Neville versus Corey Graves in a two out of three falls match. It started off right off the bat and with Neville getting the win four minutes in by um, the Red Arrow pin. The, the second fall went completely opposite as Graves had control throughout of it by focusing on Neville's left leg, then getting the submission after the lucky 13th submission move. Third fall was back and forth for a while until Neville reversed another attempt of the lucky 13 with an inside cradle to get the final deciding fall in 15 minutes. In my opinion, this show was better than the last one, 
and the main event was pretty good. I wish they had more main two or three falls like this on main main TV shows. And apparently, it was announced that Corey Graves suffered a concussion during this match and was out of action until just recently. Uh, you guys want to talk about that, or you want me to go now to last week's show? No, we'll talk about it for a second. So, so basically, Corey Graves and Adrian Neville are feuding over the fact that they're not tag team champions anymore. Correct? Uh, no, it was like apparently it, um, after uh, miscommunication during the re- rematch for the, the titles, Graves beta- uh, betrayed Neville, and it was announced then later on that Graves never really wanted to team up with Neville, but he did it for the sake of it to get the belts so forth and so forth they've admitted that they didn't like each other i'm not a big i'm not huge on Corey graves i know there's a lot of people out there that think he's he's some people have like compared him to edge and i don't get that comparison at all i i just i'm not into Corey graves at all i don't know what it is about him that i don't like but there's just something about the kid that i don't like um i almost had a bronx moment because when you said that william regal had a man crush on aiden english i was thinking to myself the fuck <laughs> no, I was just saying that he appreciates what Neville um, English was doing all day. And during the second performance, he was actually wiping the tears from his eyes. I'm like, okay. Unless they're going to do something or it's just like this announcer just respects that guy. Who knows? Wow. Then he mentioned an unknown woman, and I've had a few of those. So, Unfortunately, in your case, they all had Adam's apples. I oh, yeah, it's gotten to the point for Bronx that even Eva Marie will go, get away from me. <laughs> oh. No, he said an Adam's apple, not a bowling ball in, in the throat. I mean, <sighs> damn. All right, well, let's let's move on to the next episode of NXT. What happened there? Um, they started off with Bo Dallas coming back, from, celebrating his return from his worldwide tour. It was kind of corny. He even had a little party hat where he wore for a while, but then he took it off. But he's all saying that he's showing slides, which, or of course, doctored of him all these places and all that. But then there was, of course, some um, like weird screwed up ones, which I think were just them do nothing. Where he was like catching Bigfoot on camera, he's slapping a sumo wrestler in the ass. I'm like, okay, whatever. But but the fans were just shitting on this guy. I mean, this guy has heat. He's basically the John Cena of NXT. No, he's the X-Pac. He's got X-Pac heat. Um, but for the, he would go ahead and then offer fans cookies. He said, you, all, you deserve a cookie. You deserve a cookie. But then the NXT interim ma- general manager, JBL, would come out and say that he considers Dallas the face of NXT. So basically, he's somewhat betraying the G- uh, Triple H for NXT. Before anything else can really be done, Sammy Rain comes comes out. He has to be reinstated by JBL, which surprisingly Bradshaw agrees. And he will announce that there will be a beat a clock challenge m- matches on the show, which the winner will get a title shot. And the first one was Alexander Rusev going against Colin Cassidy. Sadly, Cassidy didn't have his t- uh, partner Enzo Amore because he was out with an injury. Because he's too S-A-W-F-T. He's too soft. <laughs> yeah. 
This match is actually surprisingly good as Cassidy showed a good um, comp, uh, per, uh, ability in the ring, even getting out of um, Rusev's um, camel clutch finisher one time. But second time ha- happened, and Rusev got the submission win and the time to the time to beat at five minutes thirty three. We then have backstage um, an interview with the new backstage um, personality, Devin Taylor. And she's interviewing um, uh, Adrian Neville, and he's asking about what happened to Corey Graves, getting the concussion, all that. Neville's saying that's what happens. Sometimes you get hurt. And then he's now focusing on beating the clock. And we then get another backstage segment with Bailey, who's despondent about Charlotte betraying her, and that she hasn't got an answer why that happened, but said that she'll be looking for a reason soon. And then we go now to the second match, which was Castellano, which apparently he's still on the company, even though he's released, going against Tyler Breeze. Match is pretty decent, going back and forth, with each man quickly going for pinfalls. After several attempts, Ono will get the win and the pin, and this was at the new time at 4 minutes 48. In a blink-and-you-miss-it kind of match, Hunico and Camacho went against Jonathan Ortang and Chris Rockfeld. The match was basically simply Camacho hitting a Samoan drop on Rockwell to let Hunico get the win with a swanton dive. Afterwards, they motioned that they want the belts from the Ascension, which the Ascension will now grant later on in the show. We have then another interviewer uh, debuting called Dan Avon. In my opinion, he looks like almost a version of Rajan Singh. Avon um, calling. He, <laughs> um, he's interviewing Cash's Ono. Ono saying that he's been in a slump, but he's hoping that this will give him um, rebound his career. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna work. Lana interrupts and complains uh, that he Uno Ono. Um, beat um, or cost uh, Rusev a shot at the title. Ono said, told Natasha, that's too bad, and then shoes her off. Then in the next Beat the Clock challenge was Aiden English, who gives another remarkable performance going against Ad- Adrian Neville. Uh, the match, go- Neville will get the win with just three, men- three seconds to spare by thanks to the Red Arrow. And he was at the new time at 5.30. I mean, no, 4.48. 5. Sorry. Um, then we go to the main event, which is the final Beat the Clock Challenge, where it has Sami Zayn going against Leo Cougar. Before the match even starts, Dallas is at the top of the ramp just watching. Um, the match is like all the other ones with just... Uh, each one going for a pinfall after each move, which uh, with a kick out, and then was able to quickly get one pin, get the pin just as the time ran out, thanks using that like a crucifix combination. But since there was a tie, JBL comes out, and since the referee did a bonehead move, I don't know how it was bonehead, said that Zane and Neville would face off next week. And that the winner of that match will face Dallas the following week for the belt. 
in my opinion, this was a decent show, but for just being a one hour per, being in one hour time slot, they really couldn't do much with these beat the clock challenges. They had to be short, like down to the point. But for what the time they had, it was pretty decent. And that's my reaction to NXT for the last two weeks. You know, I like Aiden English, but he. You know what he kind of reminds me of? He kind of reminds me of a show tune singing Austin Aries. What? Yeah. I mean, Minus the talent a little bit. Well, I, I'm not saying he's he's Austin Aries talent, but I mean he to me kind of looks like Austin Aries. But he reminds me of uh, a version of Austin Aries that would go out and do a little song and dance. And uh, to me, that's that's the kind of guy. It's what he gets. That's how he comes across. That's. That is my interpretation of Aiden English. I'm not fucking defending this shit. That's how I fucking feel about it. God damn it. That's the way it is. All right? That's all I'm saying. That's it. Good night. Goodbye. We're done. All right. Calm down. Breathe, JJ. It's your birthday. You're not supposed to get angry. The son of a bitch sings show tunes. God damn it. <laughs> oh, that's the reason you like him, because he sings show tunes. I don't like show tunes. God damn it. That could work Come on, on JJ. JJ, it's okay. You can admit it. I'm singing on the show. I'm singing on the show. No. And we were worried about Bronx rapping again. My singing beats Bronx's rap any fucking day of the week. I, I just say. Info beat me in the rap battle, so that's nothing to talk about. I, ju- I just say we do it every week. You know, Raw sucked ass last night. TNA sucked ass too. But I'm to give a great. To the show that sucked your sphincter last night, Bronx. Did you think it was good? Did you think it was bad? I thought it sucked dick. Sucked my sphincter? What the fuck? <laughs> that's, that's almost as bad as the fucking Andy Knowles fucking prostate reference with Christopher Daniels. Sucked Uh-oh. a sphincter. At least the milk wasn't chocolate. Oh, God. <laughs> That's fucking sick. This segment has broken down. You're welcome. In in an attempt to save this, which I know is dead, something Anthony said earlier that I agree with. You know, what happened to the two out of three falls concept? I, I used to actually enjoy that quite a bit. You don't see that on, on like the main, you know, shows anymore on Raw, even TNA. I used to like back in the day when you had a couple of uh, two out of three full matches. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, it's NXT, just go I'm on it. I'm saying NXT again showed even if their shows one hour, they were able to put a good product for the last two weeks straight. And even the one they had was so so the previous week, I still enjoyed it then more than some of the other shows on mainstream TV. Oh, even their worst show is better than most of the Raw shows we've seen in the last six months. In just an hour format. Well, so is SmackDown. I mean, you've got, you've got Anthony covering NXT, and JJ, you've covered it in the past. You guys saying how great that show is. I a lot of times don't have time to watch it, but I watch SmackDown, and I I got to say, Raw right now for me is the weakest of, of their three products because I enjoy SmackDown every week. I, I very rarely have a complaint about SmackDown. The flow is so much better because they're constricted to two hours. Monday Night Raw is the weakest link. Goodbye. Goodbye. It's time to stop singing on the show. 
and wrap the segment up. I want a rose oh. for that. Where's my rose? Wow. I don't see anybody throwing me any fucking roses. What the fuck's wrong with you people? I'm fucking singing for your goddamn entertainment, and I'm not getting a goddamn rose. Why uh, is that? JJ, they can't throw a rose over Skype. God damn it, don't be making excuses for those motherfuckers. They can throw me a goddamn rose. Oh, dear God. <laughs> yeah, he's lost it. You're going to have Good you, you got to deal with him for the rest of the show. At least I'm yeah, out after the segment. If you want to be on this show, you're going to have to learn to deal with him. I've done it for the last year. I don't know how. Easy. You let him do all the kind of shit to you all he wants, and you just take it. Uh, Tennessee Cowgirl in chat says, this has turned into the sound of music. I wouldn't call it music. Not when you're singing. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know at what point I'm singing. We're running from the Nazis. They're coming after us. <sighs> the hills are alive with the sound of bullshit. Oh God! For some reason now I got the song "Blame Canada" in my head. What I, the hell? I blame you. Blame <laughs> Canada. Blame <laughs> Canada. They have oh, an insane host. <laughs> Who has the most? <laughs> Um, and before I end this, um, my call, since it's Thanksgiving, I'm wondering, what happened to Gobbles? We oh, ate him. you fuck. We ate him. <laughs> oh, Last Lord. year, times were tough. I flew him in from Trey's house, and I cooked the son of a bitch, and we had him for dinner. And he tasted pretty goddamn good. Now, I know he's not chicken, but just like KFC, he was finger-licking good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> God damn it, if Family Guy could kill off Brian, by God, I could kill off Gobbles. And I didn't. I never told any of you motherfuckers. We ate him. He resides somewhere in a fucking waste facility because after I ate him, I let him go. So he's no longer with me. Gobbles is gone. Well, at least you gave him a warm home in your colon for eight hours. So I, I did, and he tasted pretty goddamn good. So I want to thank all the contributions over the years, the last three years with Gobbles. Mm, that was a good turkey, I tell you. Let's hope that Gobbles went out the same way he came in. And how's that? No, you say, ah, oh, forget that one. That was joke was going to go bad. That was like Bronx-worthy bad. You're not up to making jokes yet. Just Brother, if you did stand-up comedy, you'd be Fozzie Bear. Waka, waka, waka. Tomato in the face. Man, I'd probably get hit with baseballs or something. You want to get hit with no. balls? I'm sure there's people that can make that happen in porn country, Anthony. Oh, dear God. No, it would be sit-down comedy because everyone would sit the fuck down after one minute. Uh, this segment's been brought to you by Rob Ford's Cocaine Use. Oh, God. The, the only person who has more powder in his bloodstream than fucking Charlie Sheen. The only guy that's got more powder on his hands than Biggie Langston. Yeah, I mean, how the fuck does that happen? How, how does a mayor up there in Canada and Toronto, I mean, this one, I mean, I know we have Marion Barry in Washington, D.C., who got actually reelected, which begs the question who he was running against, maybe somebody who was fucking shooting heroin. But what's up with this fat, old white man hanging with these thugs and shit? I thought Canada was like, you know, kind of toned down. Don't get me started on Rob Ford. Uh, you know, I, I don't keep in. I, I really I, I try to tune this guy out. I'm more focused on what's happened with me locally than I am over in Toronto. 
So, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's crazy, but uh, at some point that guy's going to be out of office and, uh, you know, in a homeless shelter somewhere. I don't know. Or knowing Canada, they might reelect him for another term. They might they might send his ass to New York and see if he can he can run New York for a little bit. We can't do worse than what we got now. The shark says Rob Ford is dope. No shark, he's on dope. There's a difference. <laughs> All right, well that's gonna do it for this segment. It's over. I'm I'm gonna pull out the gun and shoot it because we done killed it. All right. Well, see ya. Well, no, hold on. No, what I'd like to do while Anthony's still on is you know. To, to switch topics, I haven't said happy birthday to J.J. once tonight. And there's a reason for that. I didn't forget his birthday. After Raw was over, as I stared at my toaster and then walked in the bathroom and stared at my bathtub and walked back to my toaster and decided, does that show warrant me killing myself? And then I said, you know what? Let me put a little something together. For JJ's birthday, because I know on my birthday, he had a little bit of fun with me. So if you will, Mr. Producer, I just want to send a little birthday wish out to my boy, JJ. I am so afraid of this clip. Oh, God. Here goes nothing, folks. Motor City! Detroit Rock City! A one, a two, a three. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. On behalf of the SNS Radio Network and myself, I'd like to take a minute to wish a very happy birthday to a guy who's been like a brother to me over the last year. One of the greatest guys I've ever met, my tag team partner, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Happy birthday, bro. Love you. Take care. Oh, Bronx, thank you, man. That that brings a tear to a glass eye, man. That was very sweet. Thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate that. I really do. But uh, you know what? Uh, the funniest thing just happened. Skype just lit up. And, and oh, I wanna, God, no. I, I, I got to jump on here real quick and, and do this. But, ladies and gentlemen, we've been invaded on the show. Welcome to SNS Unplugged. Who's this? It is the nefarious Mark the Shark DiCarlo. And you know what, J.J.? Happy birthday, brother. And I, I can't go into the uh, studio here because the Sharkettes have taken it over. They're recording their latest porn flick behind the green door, too. And Hello? this mic just cut out. 
Oh, apparently. Hello? Are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? We can hear you now. All right. That's better. All right. Anyways, um, yes, Tennessee cowgirl, run, hide your kids, hide your your cows and everything else. And Brassai, you better watch it too. But anyways, happy birthday to uh, JJ, Jeff Jackson, for all of the uh, uh, shit that he's been putting up with tonight. Uh, I can't um, go above and beyond the call of duty to do what the Bronx father did in his uh, uh, production studio in Manhattan that he has there. But uh, all kidding aside, uh, happy 39th birthday. Uh, We talked earlier today, and you're going to stop like Jack Benny at the age of 39, correct? Correct. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, I haven't been on the SNS Radio Network for a while, and uh, I just want to say hey and a shout-out to uh, all the loyal listeners of the network and uh, and to the other hosts along the network. Bronx, are you okay in, uh, in NYC there? Uh, yeah, I don't know how a guy with the name of Bronx father lives in Manhattan, but I mean, it it's all good. I mean, I'm expecting, you know, to, uh, I, I already have two of every animal in my apartment because we're supposed to get about 10 feet of rain in the next few hours. So, ah, well, so you're, you're, have you stocked up on food for the apparent Noah's Ark run that you're going to have to be on? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, when I say I stocked up on two of every animal, one of them's Eva Marie, so. Ah, you're an Eva Marie, Mark. Uh, no. No? If she was naked in the Bronx Father's pad right now, and she wanted to lay you down and go over on you, you would say no? Well. Right. Anyways, she doesn't this isn't ha- about you, Bronx. This is about Jeff Shark. and Jeff. Shark. I know. I know that. Uh, I, I know that uh, Harmony Boom Boom is out of town. You've been going through a lot of shit in uh, at the international headquarters of the SNS Radio Network with uh, Lexi and Sienna both being sick over the last week. And uh, I got to say thanks for uh, for not allowing me into your studio on Sunday to cover Survivor Series as. Uh, the boys would have gotten sick, and I would have gotten sick. And some would say I'm sick to begin with. Shut up, Bronx. Um, but, uh, you know, we've been friends for many, many years. And like a fine bottle of wine, you only get better with age. And speaking of alcohol, when you're ready, we're going to take you out. Not we. I am going to take you out to see how much. Because we're getting to the festa season. And it's almost wild turkey season, and I'm going to take you out to see how much wild turkey you can ingest. I, that sounds like a challenge. I like it. All right. It's not a challenge. It's a promise. Oh, that, that works even better. Well, well, what I think we need to do is because TLC could end up being the most, like, lame pay-per-view ever. I think for TLC, it'll be the last pay-per-view of the year. We should just get together and be incoherent 30 minutes in. Well, you know what? I can, uh, if you can arrange for your own bartender, Bronx, I'll go into the studio and make sure that Jeff drinks as much as he possibly can, which, by the way, for those that don't know, is quite the fuck a lot. Well, I'm in New York City. They give you a fucking pint of vodka with Girl Scout cookies, so getting liquor is not a problem for me. Jeff, did he just say liquor and Girl Scout in the same sentence? I know. It's, it's, ugh. Come on. What's wrong with you, Bronx? 
Come on, Bronx. Fuck Bronx. Jesus. Anyways, uh, I understand that uh, Anthony Farley is uh, is the now new virgin broadcaster in the network. Is that correct? Yeah, he's he's doing the NXT rewind with us now, and uh, you know he's he's uh, getting his uh, his feet wet, for lack of a better term. You threw him in the water. Well, it's like I do with everybody, you know. Uh, oh, I know, I just, know. Just, just, just uh, you, you, you got to you got to graduate. You got to graduate, Anthony, from the uh, JJ School of Broadcasting, and uh, it's a tough course to graduate from. JJ's like probably one step under the governor's rank. <laughs> the song Amos Moses by uh, Jerry Reed. No, you've never heard that song. Anyway, there's a verse in the song where he's talking about how Amos Moses was raised uh, by his father. And when he was young, his dad used to use him for alligator bait. He'd tie a rope around his waist and throw him in a swamp. Wow. That's, that, that's kind of what I do. That's, that's my approach to radio. I tie a rope around your waist, and I fucking throw you in. And if you so, swim back to the boat, you got a job. And if so you you're, you're like now like the new Luke Harper yeah. of, the, of the network. You, you got you to gotta do the alligator roll. Yeah, you, you, you sink, you swim, and if you don't, you're alligator bait. That's just the way it goes. Wow. Well, you know what, you know, you know what, Anthony, I I listened to your uh, your recap a little bit earlier on, and you did a hell of a job. Thank you, Shark. And everybody did a hell of a job tonight. And and what the hell? I I, I went away and I came back and I'm like, who the hell is singing? And I'm like, oh my god, it's JJ that's singing. And then I'm like, wow, it's Bronx sounding like Sammy Davis Jr. and he's singing too. Oh, Bronx has got the Sammy Davis Jr. down. Oh, got the one eye, got the look, <laughs> you know? Well, he's, 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 you know, if, if we were the Rat Pack, J.J. would be Dean Martin, and Bronx would be Sammy Davis Jr., and, well, I don't know who the hell I'd be, but uh, I'd be in there, too. You'd be Sinatra I'd probably because be Frank you're old. Sinatra. Yeah, because, I'd probably be Frank Sinatra. Yeah, you're the I, oldest Because I'm the oldest. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I mean, you know, on behalf of the Bronx father, baby, I would just like to tell all three <laughs> to respectfully go fuck yourselves, man. <laughs> That's very, very good. And I'm a student of uh, a voice and uh, very good, rich little. Very good. Well, I mean, shit, when you imitated Moses, you had everyone convinced that those Ten Commandments were real, so shit. Well, Shark was there when the Moses appeared with the commandments. That's right. That's right. I, I, I am actually older than Moses. Wow. He and JC went to high school together. <laughs> Me and Jay-Z? No, no, no. Oh, JC. That's what I said, JC. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I misheard you for a second. I'm like, Jay-Z, motherfucker. <laughs> Wow. No, not, not Jay-Z. No, no. Oh, God, what the hell had this show gone to? It's gone in the crapper. It's, and, it's Je- and it's Jeff's fault because he allowed me to come on the air. It's true. No, no, no. Anyways, all kidding aside, I missed everybody uh, on Survivor Series on Sunday. I uh, sat around here in my, in my abode and uh, watched the pay-per-view with, with my two sons, who... As I mentioned to Jeff earlier today, really, you know, through the eyes of children, 
you can really get a pure and unadulterated picture of what in fact is reality in life and in wrestling. And, uh, you know, I asked them both, I said, what was the best match on the card? And they're like, um, the opening one. And of course it was the, you know, the five on five with, uh, with the shield versus the Rhodes brothers and the Uso brothers and Ray Mysterio. And I thought it was, I thought that was by far and away the most entertaining match of the evening. And, uh, uh, Frankly, I was severely disappointed with it. Uh, Bronx, I heard you made a comment a little bit earlier that uh, the crowd at the Nassau County Coliseum, home of the uh, New York Islanders, not for much longer, um, couldn't hold a candle to any Madison Square Garden crowd you've been at or heard, and I couldn't agree with you more. What what the hell was up with them? They They were not into it in a lot of circumstances during the course of the uh, pay-per-view. But, you know, it, it is what it is, and it was what it was. And, uh, you know, I mentioned to, you, to Jeff earlier on today that lately I've been more entertained by WWE Total Divas than Raw. So what does that say about the product? Oh, uh, that you're a horny old man. We already knew that. Uh, and, your, and your point is, like, what, is this some new fucking brand-new revelation you just come across recently, Bronx? No, I've known it since uh, the day I met you. So, yeah, same shot. Uh, I look horny old man. It's like saying Bronx is a one-eyed man and a freaking. Oh, uh, you know. Would you stop with the jokes? You're killing me. <laughs> well, 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 I'm not gonna well, make well, it to forty. Stop. It's, sat- it's Saturday night, fucking live on a on a Tuesday night here. Well, here's the good thing: Shark didn't bring the Sharkettes to your house Sunday night. Because between your kids being sick and the Sharkettes, that could have created a new mutant virus that could have created the fucking Walking Dead. Maybe. So. Wow. If you actually see some of the Walking Dead, you, I mean, some of the Sharkettes, you look like, they make you think, oh, my God, the dead is walking. <laughs> wow. And by the way, uh, Bronx, I tried to uh, get your own pack of less than dubious women and through great expense of the network and the shark, I have solicited, for lack of a better term, the trifecta of Lindsay Lohan, Jenna Jameson, and Sonny to be the brand new Bronx sets. How about that? Wow. Why don't I just host this freaking show from the, you know, garbage dump? It'll smell better. And coming to you from a garbage skiff in lower Manhattan, ladies and gentlemen, the Bronx father and his co-host, Oscar the Grouch. Bronx, are you inferring that collectively Jenna Jameson, Lindsay Lohan, and Sonny's lower womanhood areas have a bit of a stench? Well, Lindsay Lohan probably makes Oscar the Grouch's garbage can smell like paradise, so we'll leave Wow. Wow. Jeff, it's the Smothers Brothers, 2013. I guess. Somebody get a hook, quick. You know why J.J. isn't talking? Because he's marking tape to all the editing he's going to have to do <laughs> the show presentable. Oh, no. I said this was going to be a laid-back show. It's staying in. Oh, dear God. It's staying in. But No, no. Mac Daddy, if you look at there, whoa, shark language. I guess he was making reference to the fact that I was... I well, mean, well, isn't bad language a part of this show and the network on a regular no. show-by-show basis? No, when have we ever cursed on Unplugged? Really? I don't ever fucking cuss, man. Fuck y'all. 
What the fuck y'all talking about? It's a fucking clean show. Anyway, so the Bronx sets. Jenna Jameson, Lindsay Lohan, and Sonny. Now there's a trifecta of, of trash. On that note, yes, it's time for our last commercial break before we do the news. All right. Well, you know what? Before you go to break, once again, all kidding aside, uh, happy 39th to you, brother, and uh, good to uh, be with everyone. Bronx, Anthony Farley, everybody in chat, everybody listening on the archive. Um, I guess I'll be back uh, next month for TLC, a little tender love and care and tables, ladders, and shares, and hopefully the unification and it'll just be one world champion in wwe because there's not enough show for two champions anyways thanks again for uh, having me on uh, guys and have a great rest of the show and uh yeah, for those that uh, are celebrating happy hanukkah starting tomorrow night good night everybody all right thanks for calling in but i'll talk to you later all right take care all right there you have it the one the only mark the shark de carlo he doesn't mention Thanksgiving, but he mentions Hanukkah. Well, he's Canadian. He just celebrated Thanksgiving last month. He doesn't need to talk about Thanksgiving. You guys are fucked up. No, I'm not Canadian. I'm not fucked up. What you want to say is Canadians are fucked up. Because I, I have this argument with Harmony every fucking year, and I've yet to, to figure out why they have Thanksgiving in Canada. Like, I don't remember the Mayflower like landing in Nova Scotia. And meeting up with the Indians to give thanks and thus having a Thanksgiving. But apparently it happened, I don't know, a month before at a Tim Hortons while they were watching a hockey game. And that's why they have theirs a month before us. I, I don't know. I've never understood the concept, but it is what it is. No, I figured it out. The reason they give Thanksgiving is that Columbus didn't land up there and it didn't evolve into the fucking government that the U.S. has now. No. So they're thankful for that. And that, that could be another one. But they've got some pretty fucked up politicians, so they're not that thankful. Well, yeah, true. You got the, the bald-headed crackhead in fucking Toronto. No doubt. Well, Anthony, I want to thank you for stopping by tonight, man. It was fun. All right. No problem. Sorry for the little clusterfuck that the show came to after my call. It wasn't, your, it wasn't all your fault. But I was the one who started mostly. That's cool, man. But good job on the recap, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you again next week, and uh, you know, keep up the good work. All right. Thank you very much. All right, man. Bye. All right, guys. With that being said, we're going to take our final break, come back, and uh, talk about the news of the week sponsored by our good friends over at wrestling-online.com. I'll open up the phone lines after the news for a few minutes, and then we're going to wrap things up and get the hell out of Dodge. You can send your emails tonight if you uh, have anything you want to talk about. To SNS Radio Unplugged at Yahoo.ca. That's SNS Radio Unplugged at Yahoo.ca. So, with that being said, let's take our final break and we'll be back with more right here on SNS Unplugged. This is a total package. Lex Luger, you are on SNS. Don't miss it. Don't turn your back on the wolf pack. Don't turn your back on the wolf pack. 
wrestling fans? Do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Every Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I watch, okay, I, I caught SmackDown again. I caught, she, I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlocksHeadlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independency. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James. Present. What's going on? This is Kazarian. And this is the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Rima Fatih. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes right here on the SNS Radio Network. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Just a reminder for you, to listen to Sunday Night Showdown every pay-per-view Sunday as I'll be joined by my broadcast partner, the Bronx father, Tony J. Mirabella, Harmony Boom Boom Jackson, and Mark the Shark DiCarlo as we provide the best pay-per-view coverage of the WWE. And it starts at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time every pay-per-view Sunday. Sunday Night Showdown, your home for WWE pay-per-view coverage. Hey everybody. Have you ever wondered how you can be even more interactive with the SNS Radio Network? Well, just like the WWE, TNA, and everyone else on the planet, we're on Twitter. You can check out the entire network at SNS Radio Network. If you want to hit us up on Unplugged, at SNS Unplugged. You can check out the whole indie show at TWIS underscore podcast. The Elite Force Podcast at EF underscore podcast. You can check out my show at SNS Get In The Zone. And if you want to contact us individually, you can check out our personal Twitter accounts. 
I'm at Bronx Father. You can talk some wrestling with Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, at SNS underscore JJSexA1. You can swim in the waters with Mark the Shark DiCarlo at S underscore Tapley, T-A-P-L-E-Y. Harass the power Andy Knowles about The Miz at the power underscore Rewind. If you want to challenge the Rasputin of sci-fi and gaming and <coughs> politics, check out Mindwipe at Mindwipe. You can follow William Walkie Walker at Walker Views. And if you want to talk some old school wrestling, you can hit up Sean Beckerman of Beyond the Bell at Sean Beckerman at S-E-A-N-B-E-C-K-E-R-M-A-N. So don't be shy. Check us out on Twitter and be interactive right here on the SNS Radio Network. Ugh, stupid bird. I'm a real wild one. And now back to the show and two guys with delusions of grandeur, the Bronx father, Tony J. Mirabella and Mr. Money on the mic, Jeff Jackson. All right, we're back right here. SNS Unplugged on the SNS Radio Network. I am, of course, Mr. Money on the mic, Jeff Jackson. And I'm joined by my partner in crime. We're back from the train wreck that was the last segment, but I want to thank Anthony Farley for jumping in and doing the NXT Rewind recap. And I also want to thank Mark the Shark DiCarlo for calling in and uh, wishing me a happy birthday. As always, buddy, I appreciate you. Uh, but I'm joined, of course, by my co-host, the Bronx father, Tony J. Mirabella. Yeah, that's one for the archives. Yep, this is one if you missed it live. Well, it's, it will still be in the archive this week, so no worries. Right. <laughs> but we do have some news to talk about. Uh, before we jump into that, though, um, Mac Daddy just posted something. I want to go ahead and, and, and read to you guys. Uh, this was a spoiler from the main event taping. A promo aired during tonight's main event tapings at Uncasville, Connecticut, where Triple H said he only wanted one WWE champion and wanted to unify both titles with the Randy Orton versus John Cena match at next month's TLC pay-per-view. Our correspondent wasn't sure if Triple H was making the announcement uh, that the match will be now to unify the titles or if he was just talking about what he wanted to do. So again, there's still confusion as to what they want to do. But I think it makes sense to unify the belts. I hope that's the direction that they go in. Shit, maybe they don't know what they want to do yet, you know? Maybe they honestly don't. Maybe it, it, it could be a question of Triple H and Vince McMahon kind of fighting because they don't necessarily agree on where they want to go with the company. Obviously, Triple H is the one that's going to be running this company in the future, and McMahon seems like he's almost out, you know? But I don't think he'll fully be out until uh, until they put him six feet under, you know? And that's I'm not being mean. I just don't see Vince McMahon letting go of his creative control over this company un until it's pretty finite, you know? And I, I like a lot of the ideas Triple H has thrown out there. I like that he's building the future of the company through the Performance Center with NXT. 
And, uh, you know, believe me, I think that unifying the championships is the best move that they can do. Yeah, I agree. And I almost think it's like Vince McMahon just doesn't want to let go and admit that the brand split was shit. I, I think it's a little something he wants to hold on to just to not admit he's wrong. But, bro, let it go, you know. And we don't know this for sure, obviously. We're, we're just throwing shit out there because it seems like it's so up in the air. No doubt about it. But with that, let's go ahead and jump into the news of the week. And now it's time for the news. Sponsored by Wrestling-Online.com. You know, it, it's been a, it's it's well, it's it's been a week since we last did a show. Uh, but one of the stories that I wanted to to talk about right off the top, uh, Hall of Famer, WWE Hall of Famer Maurice Mad Dog Vachon, uh, unfortunately passed away this past week. Um, he was 84 years old. The Montreal native had his leg amputated in 1987 after a car accident and back at one of the early In Your House pay per views, and I remember this very distinctly. It was the Good Friends, Better Enemies uh, pay-per-view back in, I want to say, April of 1996. It was the In Your House right after WrestleMania, after Shawn Michaels won the Iron Man match against Bret Hart and was the WWF champion at the time. This was uh, Diesel and Razor Ramon's last official pay-per-view with the WWE before moving on to WCW. Uh, And Diesel was in a no-holds-barred match against his former best friend Shawn Michaels for the WWF Championship. And the thing, and it's sad that this is the only thing I really remember Maurice Mad Dog Vachon because I didn't watch it, uh, obviously, back in his heyday. But I remember this because there was a point in the match where Diesel grabbed Mad Dog Vachon and he ripped off his prosthetic leg. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, you fucking bastard. You took his goddamn leg off, and they proceeded to use the leg on each other. Um, and Shawn Michaels took the leg and got the upper hand. And, of course, Mad Dog got his leg back. But the image of Mad Dog Vachon on the floor wanting his leg back and Diesel ripping it off this guy and then using it as a prop weapon in the match is my fondest memory of Mad Dog Vachon. Now, that being said, from everything I've heard about Mad Dog and I've seen some footage of him back in the day, the guy was tough as nails. He was a bad son of a bitch. And, of course, he is the uncle of uh, Luna Vachon. So my thoughts and condolences go out to the entire Vachon family. Uh, we are sorry for your loss. He will, he will definitely be missed. Yeah, I mean, and that's something you'd never get away with today. You know, no way in the PG era, you know, taking someone's leg. And, you know, I went back after I read about his death and, and watched the uh, Hall of Fame ceremony. And he was such a cool guy and so happy despite, you know, all uh, I'm sure he's been through. So, you know, man, 80-something years old, we don't get a lot of wrestlers. And this is sad. We don't get a lot of wrestlers that live that long. So God bless him, man. No doubt. Uh, it was announced uh, that the E! Network has picked up Total Divas for official a season two, a move which comes to no surprise considering the rating success the show has been on for the network. Total Divas Season 2 has already started filming, although there's no word on who the cast includes. The cast of the current season includes Bree and Nikki Bella, 
Cameron and Naomi of the Funkadactyls, Natalia, Eva Marie, and JoJo with regular appearances from WWE superstars John Cena, Daniel Bryan, Jimmy Uso, and Tyson Kidd. There are, I think, three episodes left in the current season. Well, I mean, you, <laughs> we talked about all the hours of wrestling. I mean, oh, okay, this is a reality show that has nothing to do with, you know, the, the other wrestling shows. But still, just another hour WWE's, you know, taken up during the week. But you know what? I like this show. I, it's funny. I like Total Divas. It's a guilty pleasure. I will watch it. In fact, I watched this week's episode right before we went on the air tonight. The last hour before the show, I watched Total Divas. Be, you know, because I missed it this past week, doing the, obviously doing Sunday Night Showdown. And I think it's a great show. I enjoy it thoroughly. Is it heavily kayfabed and worked? Absolutely. But I like what they're doing with it. It's the only place those divas can shine. Because they can't do it in the middle of the fucking ring because half of them can't fucking work. Right. And that's that's kind of why I won't watch it. Just because I know it's all storyline. You know, I I don't need another hour of that in my life. I just, I, I don't. Now, the sad thing is it's the only uh, positive use of the divas that they fucking have anymore. True. I mean, True. seriously, th- this this is the all diva show. Like, it, it literally has the relationships of, of some of these, you know, divas and superstars. And it gives you a, a different uh, dynamic to what you're seeing. I think it's a great companion to the wrestling shows. But I, 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 I'm glad that they've renewed for a second season. Hopefully the show gets better. I'm hooked. I'm enjoying it. Oh, I have no problem with them renewing for a second season. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just not into it. It's like, you know, I mean... <laughs> You know, I kind of feel bad sometimes because how can you have a, a really good relationship when it's just out there so much, even though it's kayfabe? You know, I always said, give me the money, keep the fame. Fuck that. Now, no doubt about that. Uh, PW Insider is reporting that former WWE and World Heavyweight Champion Batista was backstage at the NXT tapings this past week at Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida. Batista left in 2010 after he was unhappy with the direction that the company was headed to and got himself into mixed martial arts and even Hollywood. Since leaving WWE, he shot five movies, House of the Rising Sun, The Scorpion King 3, The Man with the Iron Fists, Riddick, and the latest one, Guardians of the Galaxy. In recent interviews, he said he might eventually go back to WWE under the right circumstances. So Batista was at the NXT tapings in a backstage capacity. I, for one, would like to see Batista come back because I'll be real honest, guys. I liked Batista's initial last run with the company, that heel turn that he did where he was bitchy Batista, you know, where he was crying and whining because he didn't like the direction of things. That was the most compelling character he's ever done on TV. And I I enjoyed the hell out of his character. You know, it's funny. His best, (laughs) my favorite segment he ever did was that last night when he comes out in the wheelchair and he's just a bitch. You know, I, I've gone through all this, and I'm in a wheelchair now, and you're still booing me, and I'm just leaving. Yeah, I agree. It, it, it was just, it was funny, and it worked so well. You know, that last run of his was cool. If you bring him back, he's going to be over at first. But you might be able to get back to that heel persona, you know, given enough time. You know what I'd like to see? And I think this was on a this was not on our Facebook page. It was on another Facebook page. Um, someone had, had brought up that they wanted to see uh, Batista come back and feud with Brock Lesnar. I would love to see that for a WrestleMania match, Batista versus Brock Lesnar. I think that would be epic. 
I think it will be better than Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Shit. Well, I mean, look, as far as, you know, working in the ring, I mean, give me heat if you want, but I think that uh, towards the end, Batista was a far better worker than Goldberg. I mean, come on, man. Well, Batista could put on good matches with guys. I mean, Brock Lesnar, whether you like him or not, is a great worker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't take that away from the guy. He's a great worker. And I right. think that Brock could get a great match out of Batista. I think this, the, the power, the story of both of their strengths going into it would be great. You know, especially if Batista were to come back and, and be uh, a babyface character. But on the other hand, if you brought Batista back and made him a Paul Heyman guy alongside Brock Lesnar and had them as a tag team, they would rip ass. Yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, a lot of potential there. And, and you know, Batista's no youngster, so, you know, it, it could be a, a good money-making run for him. Yeah, I could see that. Oh, Grandpa Dave. He's one of the only people I know that's a grandpa. Yeah, no shit. But let's see. uh, Moving on. And this is something I'm proud of. I I contributed to this. The WWE has issued a press release along with New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, all 500 pounds of him, announcing that WrestleMania 29 generated $101.2 million in economic impact for the New Jersey, New York region this past April According to a study conducted by the Enigma Research Corporation, this marks the second consecutive year that WrestleMania generated more than $100 million in economic impact for its host city. That's huge. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you don't think that, you know, WrestleMania doesn't generate money for the area, come on. The hotels, you know, 90% of those fucking fans were from out of, out of the country. So, you know, when you come to see WrestleMania, guess what else you do? You spend money in the area, much like my partner JJ did. So He did. And here's some key highlights from the study. 100.12 million of direct, indirect, and induced impact derived from spending by non-locals visiting specifically for WrestleMania 29. 54% of fans that attended WrestleMania were from outside of the New York, New Jersey area and stayed an average of four nights. The economic impact derived from WrestleMania week was equal to the creation of 943 full-time jobs for the area. $5.2 million was spent by non-locals at New Jersey and New York restaurants. Wow. It's pretty big. I know Five, I, I know we gave we gave Chevy's some business for sure. Oh yeah, but Chevy's was, you know, reasonably reasonably priced. I can't talk tonight. And fucking, you know, not only that, TGI Friday. So yeah, I mean you add that up, you know, $30 a person, which is, you know, average dinner in New York times how many million? Shit. I mean, shit, I even gave money to the mafia. I got fucking dinner at Sabaro's a couple nights during the week. Wow. <laughs> Seriously. I know all so, about Sabaro's. I used to work for them back in the day. Oh, I know a little, too. I haven't, wow, I haven't eaten there in years. Sabari shit. You know, I, I even gave to some of the, uh, some of the, the smaller mom and pop stops, you know? So it was... I'm glad to hear that they're able to to bring, you know, some economic diversity to their host cities. I think New Orleans is going to do great this year. Unfortunately, they won't get any of my money because I'm not going. I would love to, but I'm I'm still tapped from this last trip. Well, they'll probably still get your pay-per-view buy, so it's all good. That's true. That's true. Um, Here's something that I found, well, somewhat interesting, folks. Former TNA knockout and Hulk Hogan's daughter, Brooke Hogan, has called <laughs> off her engagement with NFL's Dallas Cowboys' Phil Costa, according to TMZ.com. 
Hogan got engaged in June of this past year in Las Vegas when TNA was there for their impact tapings. Happiest moment of my life, Hogan wrote at the time after Costa popped the question. I'm marrying my best friend. I wouldn't choose anyone else. I'm so lucky and so grateful. TMZ says that Brooke already moved back to Los Angeles where she is working on her new album and is close to her mom, Linda, as well. So Linda, or excuse me, Brooke and, uh, and Phil Costa no longer getting married. She's single again, folks. Wow, I think someone on our Facebook page said she she wanted a starter and he's not <laughs> something like that. I guess, Ooh, wow. dude. I have no idea. I, I know the TNA marks are going to say, "Oh, you see, they fired Brooke for no reason." <sighs> Whatever. Brooke should have never been hired in the first place. You know, I, 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 you know, I wonder who to congratulate more, her or the guy she's dumping? Because I don't know, man. <laughs> Just wow. Well, get this. WWE's version of the Academy Awards are coming back next month. That's right. Seattle, Washington will be the host for the 2013 Slammy Awards on December 9th, a concept which started back in 1986. The Slammy Awards will be having its 10th annual this year after WWE decided to only run four Slammy Awards between 1986 and 2008. Since 2008, the concept has been done every year on Monday Night Raw. Last year, WWE handed out 19 Slammy Awards, although only a handful were given live on Raw. John Cena, of course, won Superstar of the Year. AJ Lee won Diva of the Year. And Triple H versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 28 won the match of the year in the top three categories. I, for one, like the Slammy Awards, but in in the most recent incarnation of the Slammy Awards, I've not been a fan because it's gimmicked. It's all about storylines and stuff. You know, 1996, when they were doing the Slammy Awards, it was kind of cool. When Owen, you know, got the award for you know, supposedly putting Shawn Michaels out of action with that enziguri to the back of the head after that, you know, beat down that he got at the hands of seven guys in Syracuse, New York, and his career was over, and, you know, Owen was taking credit, and he was being a bastard about it. See, that kind of shit I like. The stuff they've been doing in recent years, like doing the diva of the year, and it's usually just, you know, they have the fans vote on it, and it's fucking a joke. I'm not a big fan of the Slammy Award concept that they have. If they would take it back and actually make it a more legitimized thing. I think Bret Hart was even talking about this. If they made the Slammy Awards the awards for what you do in a year in that company, you know, who sells the most merch, you know, who had the best match, what was the best match, and it actually fucking meant something, that would be a cool concept. But the way it is now, it's a fucking kayfabe, piece of crap, bullshit, themed Raw that they do every fucking year. And for that, I have no fucking interest in it. But if they wanted to do something and make it a little more legitimate and make it kind of mean something, then I'd be all for it. But right now, in its current form, I could give two shits. Well, and the worst part is you'll be able to vote on the WWE app. Yeah, watch the Slammy Awards. Vote for this on the app. Right. Which you can install by, well, I won't get into that. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about that shit. I'm so sick of the WWE app. No, I agree with you. You know, back in the day when it when it had a little bit of, you know, legitimacy to it, now it's just, it, it's so worked. It, it's like a waste of time. Well, here, here's something that's that's not surprising. Uh, Reddit's Dolphins 1925 goes 100% correct in pay-per-view spoilers from Survivor Series. That's right. Before the show even started going 100% in this particular show, the predictions were along the same lines of what companies based their odds. Dolphins1925 has been posting pay-per-view results online before the shows or matches start on Reddit and on his Twitter account ever since the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view back in February. Apart from a couple of errors, he guessed all outcomes 
of all pay-per-view matches. Again, I don't give a shit about Reddit, 1925 Dolphins, whatever the fuck his name is. I don't care. Bottom line, the guy knows somebody that's telling him stuff, and I'm sick of him publicizing it. But apparently, he guessed everything correct because somebody told him, and he told the world again. Yeah, and how long before, you know, they bring him on Raw to get his ass kicked? Imagine if it's all elaborate work. Yeah. I mean, that shark boy, why not a dolphin? Why not? Dolphin yeah. boy. Shell, yeah. That could happen. Uh, guess who was at Monday Night Raw last night, Bronx? Uh, you know, I think I know who you're going to say. And when I saw this picture, at first I thought it was a work and it was someone else. But go ahead. Well, apparently someone who wasted, what, $100 billion or $100 million of Vince McMahon's money. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Former WWE CEO Linda McMahon was sitting at ringside last night at Monday Night Raw and was visible on television for a few seconds. Her on-screen cameo came when CM Punk dived outside of the ring on Eric Rowan and then went up to the security wall exactly right in front of her. Had so much fun sitting ringside for tonight at WWE Raw at Nassau Coliseum, tweeted McMahon after the show was over. Linda is rarely seen at WWE events since entering the political scene and only makes her yearly appearance at the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony sitting front row with the rest of her family. If you missed it, you can get a screen grab over at wrestling-online.com, and I think it's even on the Facebook page. Uh, so that's SNS Radio Network Facebook page. So, Well, I guess she bought a ticket. Maybe. Yeah, right. No, well, I don't think I don't so. Know. I think she's done with politics. I mean, you can only lose so many times, you know, before you say, hey, it ain't for me. You can only spend, you know, millions of dollars for so long before you're losing millions of dollars. You're not going to spend that again. So I think she's done. We'll see what happens. Now, this, yeah. is, this is an interesting story here. TNA president Dixie Carter was interviewed by Sports Illustrated's Loretta Hunt. The full <sighs> interview was published on SI.com talking about the somewhat failed experiment of taking impact on the road. Carter said... They went with the idea that selling out up to 2,000 tickets would be good. We went in with a very conservative budget. We didn't come out here thinking we'd sell out arenas. The truth is we exceeded those budget numbers. We hit our revenue numbers, but we overspent when it came to loading out of Universal Studio. There was a two-month overlap that cost us, Carter said. Speaking with Hulk Hogan, Carter said spending all the money on Hulk was worth it at the end of the day. He's opened a lot of doors for us. When you're about to lose a deal in an international territory and one phone call from Hulk Hogan makes a man who doesn't even speak your language melt and you get your deal back, that carries a lot of weight, said, she said of the WWE Hall of Famer. Carter added that the only thing they did wrong with Hogan was that they put him on television too much and said if he stayed with them, we'd probably see less of him. The rest of the interview, Carter talks about her family, getting into the wrestling business, and also features comments from her current TNA superstars. It's a good read if you can check it out, uh, but you can find the interview over at wrestling-online.com. She also made reference to the fact that TNA has been cash flow positive the last couple of years. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's a fucking load of bullshit. Because if they were cash flow positive, they wouldn't be having the fucking problems that they're having about, oh, they can't afford to do this, they can't afford to do that. Don't fucking tell me that you're cash flow positive. That's bullshit. Nothing you said in that interview made sense. None of it. None of it. Nothing you, uh, I almost thought for a minute you were fucking with me. Nothing made, what? The truth is we exceeded those budget numbers. We hit our revenue numbers. 
but we overspent when it came to loading out of Universal Studio. So then how did you exceed those numbers if you overspent when you left the impact zone? You're contradicting yourself in that one fucking sentence. That makes no fucking sense. That's like saying I'm the world's best cook, but I can't fucking cook. You know, how this woman walks and breathes at the same time is beyond me. I just don't know. And I'm surprised Sports Illustrated would even give this play. I mean, maybe on in April for their April Fool's edition, but I mean, come on, really? Believe it or I not. I mean, how many guys did she blow to get on Sports Illustrated? Well, I will, I will say that the interview made no sense from what I've read of it, but there is a possible silver cloud with all the dark lining we've had recently for TNA. This one I found interesting. Dave Shearer uh, reported this today. The TNA has signed a multi-year television deal in Japan. Uh, TNA Impact has continued its recent global expansion by signing a new multi-year agreement with Nippon Television Network Corporation, NTV, in Japan. Uh, They will continue to air TNA Impact Wrestling every Saturday night at 10 p.m., as well as broadcasting TNA's monthly pay-per-views and one-night-only events. Other sports shown on the station include NFL, NASCAR, MotoGP, and international soccer. It also broadcasts baseball games, featuring Japan's most famous teams. Uh, They started showing TNA Impact Wrestling on January uh, of this past year, bringing in the most innovative experience in professional wrestling to Japan for the first time ever. TNA Executive Vice President Andy Barton said, TNA Impact Wrestling has enjoyed phenomenal success during our first year of broadcasting on Japanese television, and we're excited about this new multiple-year deal, commitment with Nippon Television. It's another example of the success we're enjoying around the world, which also includes new deals in France and Portugal and a very successful launch on Sony 6 in India. TNA Impact Wrestling is currently the number one rated weekly wrestling program in the United Kingdom, Ireland, Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. The show also airs in more than 120 countries around the world. So good for them for at least securing a Japanese TV deal? Yeah, but 10 p.m. on a Saturday night? I mean, I'm either, like, watching something else or fucking, I don't know. To me, that's not a great time slot. But then again, then again, before I'm totally negative, you know, Japan and U.S. are two totally different. You know, maybe that is a prime time slot for Japan. I, I don't know. But I've always said everyone talks about what can save this company. I hate to say it, but I think maybe leaving the U.S. will be the best thing they could do. No, because they've got to they've got to cover flights for guys that don't live, out, you know, that live outside. Well, obviously, it, that wouldn't work because everybody would have to fly internationally, and that's not cheap. So they'd be spending more money. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but it just wouldn't work. You know, maybe them going back to this impact zone is a good thing, and maybe. Okay, I'm going to say this now. The only thing that's ever going to make TNA Impact grow is, A, a name change, and, B, a regime change. Dixie Carter and TNA Wrestling is never going to do anything because the name sucks, and it's got a bad connotation. It's got fucking 11 years of shitty history, and Dixie Carter knows absolutely dick about how to run a fucking wrestling company. She knows nothing. She's the biggest fucking mark on the planet, and until she's out of this fucking company, they're never going to do anything. They're never going to turn a page. They're never going to do anything fucking noteworthy. And that's, that's the blunt, hard fucking truth. You can like it. You can fucking hate it. I don't fucking care. But it's the goddamn truth. 
Well, I mean, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, and I think it didn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people, and I understand why. When I said Dixie Carter gets the wrong kind of heat, I don't know how to describe it. There's heat where I hate the character but respect them for their talent, like Stephanie McMahon. It's you called, called X-Pac Heat. It's called X-Pac Heat. People, right. I mean, you respect Sean Waltman for his ability in the ring. But that heat that he has, it's like, you don't give a fuck. It's like, get the fuck off my television. I don't want to fucking watch you. Bye. See you later. And that's the heat she's got. Yeah, exactly. I mean, her, her acting is so horrible. I mean, it's, it, it, it's just, you know, for, first of all, we're not going to get too into this. I mean, how does it make sense that you want to call AJ Styles a trailer park redneck trash when you're sitting there talking with an accent that's more fucking inbred, I mean, come on. It just doesn't make sense to me. Well, that's part of her act, so people will hate her and that she can be a heel. I just, again, I, I just, I don't, it's not even a personal thing with her. I just don't like her. And I don't like her because she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. And I want to beat my fucking head up against the goddamn wall every time I watch the show and think, man, this could have been a fucking show that people would be interested in. It's a goddamn shame that you've got some of the most talented guys and gals in the fucking world that can work matches and do their thing. And you've got people behind the scenes running this company into the goddamn ground. Well, the main problem is the finishes. I mean, you know, we hung out in the chat room last, you know, Thursday and, and the matches were good. But again, it's like, I just don't get why you can't write a finish. I, I don't know who's writing this shit. That's the first person I'd fire. I would hire a guy who does nothing but write fucking finishers because they don't know how to finish a fucking match. I agree. I agree. But moving on, I'm not going to spend any more time fucking bashing TNA. I've done enough of that. Here's an interesting one to wrap this up. Then we're going we're gonna to get ready to wrap things up on this show. Um, I found this one very interesting. John Cena, you know, the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, mm -hmm. appeared on Neil Cavoto's morning show on Fox yesterday and discussed a number of topics, including his new clothing line and the value of the John Cena brand. <laughs> The following are interview quotes on his Kmart clothing line for kids. Essentially, the message of the clothing is to empower you through a positive message. I think that's why we were able to leverage our brand, my brand, especially with Kmart, because it wasn't just a typical sponsor deal. A lot of athletes get a sponsorship. Here's your upfront money. We're going to use your likeness. I wanted to hold on to my asset, do it correctly, and create an inspirational line. So it's not a wrestling-driven line. The line is called Never Give Up. And truly, my character on WWE plays one of the aspiration, inspiration, and motivation. I try to defy all the odds to do what I can to do the right thing. Kmart picked up on this concept, and from a branding standpoint, I just didn't outright leverage myself. I wanted a piece of the equity in the brand, so there was upfront money, plus equity in the brand. Cena added that his character generates approximately... <laughs> $100 million in revenue for the WWE per year. $100 million in revenue every year for the WWE. Let me say that one more time. $100 million 
in revenue, John Cena, for the WWE. So do you wonder why they still have him as the top draw? Well, see, here's my problem. As much as I want to hate Cena, the problem is he works for it. You know, he's not like some of these, you know, fucking football players and baseball players you see who are making, you know, $20, $30 million a year. And you say, oh, you know, they're fucking... He does work for it. I can't, I can't fault the guy for knowing how to make money. If I was in his position, I'd probably do the same thing. I think that's why I, I sometimes get so angry with Cena because on the one hand, I hate his character. But on the other hand, the motherfucker knows what he's doing, you know, and he works for it. He doesn't sit at home. He busts his ass. What do you think of the guy? Do you love him or hate him? I, I don't know. Well, you know, again, I have all the respect in the world for him, but the fact that he is generating $100 million for this company is a big fucking deal. And, again, whether you love him or you hate him, you got to respect that he does go out there and he works his ass off. That's, that's legitimate truth. He goes out there and he gives 110%. You may not like his character. I'm not a big fan of the whole Superman gimmick, but that's his gimmick, and that's what he does, and he works it. And he's improved vastly over the years. And I respect him for what he does. The funny thing is, do you think that he makes that much money from the company? I said he no. generates $100 million. How much do you think he's getting paid on, it on, on, on a yearly basis? I guarantee you it ain't nowhere near that. No, no way. I mean, who, who knows what he's getting? You know, maybe even if he gets a tenth of that, let, let's say he gets $10 million a year. Let, and I'm sure he doesn't get that. That's still $90 million you're generating for a company. And then you have to take into account that, I mean, shit, it's one man. One man, one human being is generating $100 million for a company. You know, you know what? He, dare, he I, dare I say it? I don't know that Stone Cold Steve Austin did that on a yearly basis. He might, uh, he, he might have done it you know, the first year or two. You know, I don't think he made that much money. I mean, but you got to look at the price of inflation, too. John Cena right now seems to be the biggest, you know, guy to ever make them any kind of fucking money. And if he's making $100 million a year in revenue, Hogan didn't make $100 million a year in revenue. I guarantee you that. Well, I mean, the other thing is, you know, you have to wonder why, you know, ratings went from, you know, a 6 and a 7 to a 2.8, 2.9. Well, guess what? You don't have to care that much about the ratings when a mother. <laughs> wow. When a fucking guy's making you $100 million a year just selling shirts and hats and all this other shit. Yeah. All right. We did a 2.5. Big deal. Yeah, no doubt. It, you know, it's changed, bro. Business has changed. It has, but that is going to do it for the news of the week sponsored by our good friends over at Wrestling Dash. Oh, wait. Maybe I do have another one. Hang on. I think that was it. Oh, oh, the thing I want. Okay, that was all the news, but I did want to bring a quick update. Apparently, the Dynamite Kid, Tom Billington, did suffer a couple strokes over the last couple of months. He just had a stroke, I believe it was this past week, and uh, he is recovering. He's not out of the woods yet, but he is better. So for those of you that didn't hear, Dynamite Kid, Tom Billington, did have a stroke, and uh, apparently he is recovering from it, but... Uh, he's had like two or three in the last couple of months. And 
you know, I've read so many controversial things about this guy. Some people say he, he wasn't, you know, the nicest guy to the other boys. But, you know, I, I'm sorry. No one deserves that. I mean, I mean, that's. Well, look, you know, I, I'm not I'm not going to say that a lot of the shit that he did as far as personal shit, you know, it was right. I mean, I, I've heard reports that he pulled a gun on his fucking wife and, you know, whatever. I wasn't there. And, and look, he never killed anybody as far as I know. So. I'm not going to sit there and, and, you know, disparage the guy. I do know his daughter, and she's a very beautiful girl, and she just got married this past year uh, to uh, former Stampede standout, Dynamite Dan. So, uh, you know, I, I, I got all the respect in the world for his daughter, and uh, I'm glad that, you know, he's still around. I think she's uh, she's a great person, and she has a good relationship with her father. So, you know, far be it for me to say anything. I just wish Tom Billington the best of health. Oh, yeah, me too. Like I said, you know, my mom went through a stroke. You know, no one deserves that. To have multiple ones, I mean, shit. I mean, I hope he pulls through. I know for a fact he's a tough guy. I mean, come on, he's tough. So hopefully he'll pull through. And uh, no, I agree. I wish him nothing but the best of luck. And I'll say this about Tom Billington. He was ahead of his time. He was He was definitely ahead of his time. He was... He was uh, a guy, I mean, you see people doing the shit he, you know, he used to do now. Like, guys like Adrian Neville, you know, pulling out all the high-risk spots and stuff. He was just ahead of his time, and that's all there is to it. And unfortunately, he went too hard for too long, and it paralyzed him. And, uh, you know, that's that's the story of this business. Yeah, I mean, it makes you look at guys, you know, like Rey Mysterio when I say, you know, I, I wish he would retire. And, and, you know, some non-wrestling fans will say, well, if you like the guy, why do you say that? Well, that's it. I like the guy. I don't want to see him be in a fucking wheelchair. He's given enough, you know. There's a point where you've you've given enough, and you have to just stop. Yeah, no doubt about that. No doubt. Well, I just looked at the emails, and I don't see anything, so there's no emails. And uh, you know what? It's all we're almost sitting at the. Uh, well, we, we've been on the air for two and a half hours, and I'm ready to kind of call it a night. How about you? Yeah, I'm about there. I'm I'm want to see what's going to happen tomorrow. I've got um some uncertainties. A, how bad will the weather be and B, will I get paid? So uh yeah, tomorrow's going to be interesting. Holidays are coming up. Going to be a little hectic, but uh, had a good time tonight, a great time. Was looking forward to the show and uh getting the zone that I want to do a show because uh, I'm sorry I couldn't get you guys a show last week because I was sick. But it will depend on how the holidays, you know, f- unfold and shit like that. But um, hopefully we'll have a show Friday. So keep an eye on the Facebook page. I'll let you guys know. But uh, as far as tonight goes, uh, happy birthday, man. You know, I appreciate all you've done. And like I said on in the uh, birthday segment I put together, You've been good to me. We've interviewed some guys I never thought I would speak to. And uh, like you said on my birthday, you know, the great thing about you and I is we just, it works. It's funny, and I have a good time doing it, man. So happy birthday, bro. Man, I appreciate that. And uh, I, I feel the same way about you, bro, because like I said, we've we've been doing this gig for a while together, and I, I can't think of anyone I've had more fun doing this with in the last little bit and uh the chemistry's there and you know what it's just about us coming on here and having fun and when we stop having fun 
the shows are not going to be good. That's that's just all there is to it. So, uh, thank you. I appreciate that, and I, I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving with your family. Make sure you give my love to your family, especially your mom. I will, and especially from Harmony. So, uh, make sure you have a good holiday. And I want to thank everybody who participated in the show tonight. Mark the Shark to Carlo, obviously Anthony Farley. I want to thank everyone on the Facebook page, my personal page, and on the SNS page that extended me a happy birthday wish today. I, I'm very humbled to have uh, as many people wish me a happy birthday as I did today, and I thank you for that. So, you know, please uh, know that it means a lot to me. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, it's all good, man. Uh, to everyone in the U.S., happy Thanksgiving. To uh, everyone outside the U.S., like J.J., who still celebrated, happy Thanksgiving, and uh, enjoy four days off. I know I will. Absolutely. And I've got tomorrow off. I think I'm working Thursday, but tomorrow I think I have off. So, like I said, it's not Thanksgiving here. It's just, you know, another day. But I will be spending Thursday night with my family, so it'll be fun. On that note, make sure you check out all the programming here on the SNS Radio Network, shows like the Elite Force Podcast, with Walkie and Mindwipe, Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman, uh, Get in the Zone with the Bronx Father, whether he does a live show or an archive show or whatever. Make sure you check that out. Shows like Running the Ropes, the whole indie show, Sticks and Flicks, so many shows to name, and I'm running out of time. So just go to the website, www.snsradionetwork.com, and see what we got up. Download the shows and enjoy and have a great holiday. But on behalf of my good friend and colleague, the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella, and myself, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Happy holidays, folks. We'll catch you next week for another edition of SNS Unplugged. And I'm going out to a special song of the night. It's one of my favorite songs. And uh, I kind of adopted it as my birthday song, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago. Enjoy the holidays. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your lives. And we will see you down the road. Happy trails, my friends. Happy trails.
Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Good night. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you, I'm out. <laughs>